What's up, everybody? We are back here with another episode of Spot Fest. As always, I'm Travis here with Silvio. Um, what's up, Silvio? What is up, Travis? Um, I'm pretty sure that Eric wanted to do this, and we just forgot to text him about it. That sounds about right. I mean, he doesn't have a show to promote right now anyways. That's, that's the big reason for him to normally be on here with some time bomb shit. Although we could have got like a road report of his own show. Yeah, I also feel like he'll eventually just become a, a normal member of the, the, the episodes. But, it's probably going to happen. You know, just things that we figured out as we start the show instead of talking about when we were talking for 15 minutes before we started. <laughs> um, all right, so um, basically tonight we're going to try and get back into the, uh, the, the old way of our episodes where we're going to go with a couple of match breakdowns from different promotions. We got uh, a Fight for the Fallen preview coming up. Nothing too in-depth. Uh, just me and Sylvia are both going, so we're going to talk about that. Give you a few vegan spots in Jack's. Uh, we got a couple other things planned for the vegan segment. We actually planned ahead for the vegan segment for the first time since probably like episode three. Breaking news, dude. I think since like episode two, maybe episode one. The vegan segment we're always really bad about because we're normally like scrambling to f- try to figure out what matches we want to do. And we kind of like throw that off. Um, and also like, I don't know, I've been vegan for like almost four years now. I don't think about it as often as I probably should, but... It is what it is. Yeah, that's the same way. I mean, I work in a fucking full vegan pizzeria, and I still don't even think about it that often. But um, anyway, before we get into all of that, uh, the the jam-packed episode uh, before we finally see each other for the first time in two full months. Insane. It's um, been forever. I've been dying. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah you have. Um, but uh, okay, so I was listening to, I think, the, the – I was listening to basically – the Voices of Wrestling flagship, and they were reviewing, uh, they were reviewing Best in the World by Ring of Honor, and they were talking about Matt Taven as champion, and how like, basically since since Matt Taven became champ, it's just the company's attendance is just falling completely flat. You and I lost complete interest in the company. Like we don't check anything from them. I mean, I, I at least I don't. I don't. I don't know if you still watch their TV. I know we were watching their TV for a little bit, but we both gave up on that, to my knowledge. Do you still watch it? No, I haven't watched TV, I think, since the Elite left, honestly. Yeah, so their TV we had been, we had been super excited about because of all like, the new signings and everything. This is the, this is the segment I had planned that, that was the surprise for you, by the way. Um, so, given the uh, – you, you were excited for Matt Taven to become champion, correct? I don't know if I was – the. So I wasn't excited. I was more excited that they were finally just getting away from Jay Lethal because uh, I think if he kept the belt, they would be in the same spot right now. Um, right. I wouldn't say I was like excited that Taven was a champ. I just wanted any bit of change. Lethal felt so flat. And I think Taven has the same issue as is like you're putting it on these kind of guys who are like, okay. Like Matt Taven, I, I like him more than most people do probably. But as a champion, when you have better people – like Jeff Cobb is a great example of someone who they should have made champion that night. Um, it's just hard for me to get excited for it. Cause it's just like, why are you using this guy? Like you have a million other people you could be using. And that is perfect that you said all that because the, the topic I wanted to bring up to you was given 
that we both feel that way that there's better guys who could have that comp who could have that belt but like the 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 Dalton Castle run we were both excited for and then it was just kind of booked poorly and then it ended a- abruptly uh the D- Dalton Castle should have gotten the belt a full calendar year before he did but they gave it to Chris Daniels very unexpectedly off of that uh I think off of Adam Cole it was off Adam Cole yeah so then when Dalton Castle was at his peak at the time it they 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 just they couldn't book it because it's like Daniel just got the belt for the first time in like 20 years with Ring of Honor or some shit. So, got me thinking. Do you think that the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship is the worst booked belt in like major professional wrestling? Or do you have a different one? Or I guess in general, let's go with our top three worst booked belts currently in wrestling today. In major promotions, like promotions that matter. Like, like I don't want to. I don't want to give names of ones that don't matter. But like, you know what I'm talking about. Like, no, like yeah. not some like Midwest indie. Like, I want to talk about like, like of like Impact New. Hmm. Those like. That's a hard one. Um, it's definitely it's in the top three for sure. There's no way that it's anything else. Um, their TV title has had better matches recently, so that's a pretty good indication. Like the last match I think I watched of Ring of Honor, it was like a title match that was good. Was that Jeff Cobb Shane Taylor match was awesome, and that was oh, for the TV. Yeah, awesome. That's for the TV Great. title. Yeah, that's like one of the last like, good, like the problem with Ring of Honor too is it's not like the matches are offensively bad. It's just like I'm not interested. Like they're not. I feel like they're not doing anything to make me interested. Uh, I think if you were going to ask me, like, what I would be more excited for them for, I I like that Silas Young uh, pure rules match that they did with Jonathan Gresham. I would rather you just give Gresham the belt and make him do that. Like, make him, like, um, Matt Riddle did it when he was the Evolve champion, where he put, like, special rules in place, and it was cool. And yeah. I'd, like, I'd like to see stuff like that, like, make things different. Otherwise, it's just, like... These are the guys we think you should like, even though you like all of these other people below it. Um, titles that don't matter. I mean, so I'm not going to count Lucha. Anyone who listens to this podcast, um, I, I love Lucha, but CMLL has like a million belts and you never see them. So like that doesn't yeah, yeah. count. Well, I don't uh, even mean titles that don't matter. I'm saying like I'm saying major belts that are just booked bad. Like like which belts do you think are booked the worst? Because like okay, like so I I agree. I think the Ring of Honor belt is just booked. It's like it's like they. They will have people white hot that could potentially move the company in a good direction, and then they would just have them job out to lethal in 15 minutes in, in like, the most boring matches we've ever seen. And then, I mean, they were probably at least, what, four months late to using Matt Taven. Like, they should have done the Marty Skrull at, at Madison Square Garden. Like, they had all these opportunities, in it, and they just keep booking it horribly. And all the matches are booked bad. The, the champ is booked bad. So it's just like... It keeps falling flat, so I think that's got to be up there. I think the universal belt with having having Brock and Roman be like. I was gonna like, say that was gonna be my next question: is, is it belts that are booked badly right now, or just like belts you can remember being booked bad? Because that belt is gonna win for that. Because that whole Brock yeah. situation with them that was awful. The belt yeah, just wasn't there. I guess yeah, you'd have to look. You have to look at it in the sense that like usually when you get to your heavyweight champion, you, you're talking about like like at least some sort of long-term booking because it's like no one's no one this isn't this isn't 2000 wcw where there's a new champion every month so it's like you gotta you have to consider all the title reigns of probably the last like three or five years but like if you look at that with with uh with ring of honor it was like going steady and then it just fucking plummeted and it's like 
I think even the uh, I thought the NXT belt had started getting booked bad. Like I thought that uh, I thought Drew McIntyre was really boring as NXT Heavyweight Champion. Um, but then I thought it got kicked back up when uh, Tommaso Ciampa had it, and even when Andrade had it, I liked it. Yeah, um, both those are still good. Uh, let me think. So, so I, like, if I could do I'm, top three. Yeah, so I'm I'm talking ones that are just outright terribly booked. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick now. You've talked me into. I think the Ring of Honor might be the worst booked belt, and mostly because they always put it on people too late. By the time they put it on, people no one cares anymore. Um, the second one, I have to give the women's tag belts in WWE. I don't oh, even know yeah. who still has those. Um, Sasha they and Bailey. They killed those in, what, two months? On WrestleMania, they killed it. Like, maybe the pop of um, the Iconics winning it was cool. But Sasha and Bailey like, came out the night, like, the, that Raw before, and we're like, we're going to go to SmackDown. We're going to go to NXT. Like, we're going to make this a belt everywhere. Maybe NXT UK. And then now they're not even on Raw or SmackDown. So it's just, or if they are, it's like once a month. So those, those are probably the second worst um, because it's not the top title, so I can't say it's the worst. And then I'd probably put the universal title. I think just because of how bad, I don't care about it anymore because it just wasn't there for so long. And also Seth Rollins needs to be humbled a little bit. So actually, you know what? Universal title, worst one. Yeah, I would say the universal is probably the worst booked. And I would go, I would go universal and then ring of honor um heavyweight because i i just think that they uh i i agree with them like being late on everyone they were supposed to book as like champion for ring of honor but like holy shit i mean we just didn't have a champion on raw for what like the better part of four years it was and bad when we do have one it, they would last for like a couple weeks and then like seth rollins has been fucking horrible with it and i don't even know where i would go with my third uh because there's like a lot of just belts being booked badly i mean i don't know i guess because if up up until up until Mox, uh, you would have to consider the New Japan U.S. Championship because it's just booked like absolute. You know what? I've enjoyed that belt, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna disagree with you on that. When you look at who's held that belt, I like everyone who's held it. So like, I, I can't call it, that a bad belt. I like everyone who's held it, but it's when people have it, they aren't booked as some sort of like powerful wrestler. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that belt got you. That was how Jay White got elevated. Was beating Kenny for that belt, so that's hard for me to that, think that. Yeah, that's true. Because that, 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 that storyline alone is better than either of those two that we just talked about. Well, what I was gonna say was you could potentially have the never open weight belt in there because it used to be way cooler than it is now. Um, but that's you could fair. you could also throw the Impact Championship belt in there because it just feels like the impact champion for like a long time was just whichever WWE guy they could sign and keep long enough to become champion. Um, personally, in my opinion, but I think it's gotten better now. Like I think, I think cage is like great that he's champion now. Um, sure. I also have some breaking news real quick. What's up? I just got a text. I just, I just need to put it on over the air. Um, fuck Travis. Love Bradley. Anyways, continue. <laughs> well, good that was your audio that went out i just heard like a knocking it sounded like oh no there's no knocking all right well whatever well i love bradley i don't know why he fucking hates me so much sorry i left florida but you know it is what it is um but anyway yeah i think that i don't really know if i have much else to say on how badly they've been booking a lot of these belts lately it's just like it's been annoying to me 
because it's like New Japan will have has has had Okada as champion for the like majority of like the last what four years five years like he'll drop a belt but then he he gets he gets it back relatively quickly but his matches are always interesting his stories are interesting all of his matches feel like there's a potential he could lose for the most part they feel like that um so it's like it's interesting and then you look at companies who tried to do the same thing with having these long-term champions and it just fucking sucks like i would there's no part of me that wants to watch matt taven have a match at all right now like I, we like we like kind of gimmick liked mac taven because like he was big in mexico but like man i i wish that ring of honor didn't suck right now because i would love to go see ring of honor but it's fucking terrible i don't and really it, have a chance to see it around here i mean I'd have, to, I'd have to drive to like lakeland and i'm not doing that especially with you not living in orlando there's no point but even with that like yeah i'm not super interested well so this was actually funny i uh I was I wanted to go see they're they're running this was this was before New Japan announced they were running Hammerstein. Uh Ring of Honor is running Hammerstein like this month, I think, actually. And I was like contemplating going to see it there. And I went I went and looked on their ticket site and it straight up says like Ring of Honor doesn't do house shows. Every show is interesting. And I'm like, man, they are desperate to sell these tickets because like they're basically saying, like, hey, we're, we'll try and give you a good show because our house shows are fucking shit right now. <laughs> like they had to shut down the top balcony too at Hammerstein because they, they couldn't really? sell it. Yeah, so they're not selling like the highest up balcony. They're only selling the like top, like the second balconies, like the one you can see from the ground basically, and the floor seats. But normally there's like a higher tiers. They can't even sell it at Hammerstein anymore. It's bad. I was honestly astounded that they sold out twenty three hundred. But then again, twenty three hundred is pretty easy to like quote unquote sell out because it's like majority of it is standing because there's no bleachers or anything like that so it's like you just I think have- i think when there's wrestling there people just tend to go to it's like one of those places that's just so legendary that i mean i'm stoked that i got to go watch wrestling there so i mean i think it's just like one of those places yeah i mean, I, I truly cannot wait to see new japan there uh, yeah i got to in 2015 it was cool it was a good venue for it yeah i got to see i got to see the the war of the worlds tour no not war of the worlds it was war of the worlds yeah they did night one and night two Wait, no, that's what you went to, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. You didn't go to the same thing. I forgot about that. No, I went to whatever they did right before NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. That's what it was, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember what it was called, but I got to see like Okada and Nakamura and everyone then. Um, and that was awesome. Uh, and it's like I look back at all the cool Ring of Honor shows I went to at 2300, and then I think about the fact that like now it's like there's, and the thing is, I like so many of the guys on there. Like, I like I like Roosh a lot. I, I mean, Dragon Lee is there. I love. Roosh is a I fucking love, pre-show guy for them though, so it's it's like kind of pointless. It's like they've just made everyone cool pointless. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I yeah. I don't know. I, I'm expect. I would I would not be surprised if this time next year we're looking back on uh, Ring of Honor retroactively and they are just done. Like I don't know how the fucking how that company's gonna stay afloat. I don't know. I don't know what their money backing looks like either, though. But oh, they're owned by Sinclair, so they'll be around forever. They're, it's like a billion dollar company that owns them. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, because I mean, we used to always talk about how like everyone thought Impact was gonna go under, and Impact has lasted now fucking like almost twenty years, which is insane to think about. Crazy. I've, so many. Oh, TNA is gonna be gone, dude. It's still around. It's never yeah. run away. It's still good. Spoiler, we're going to talk about a fucking TNA match today. So, like, or Impact, sorry. I'm going to always call it TNA. You know um, let's, let's just fucking dive right into the Impact match. You want to get yeah, into it? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Into the show? Let's you do want, it. Let's get, let's get into the meat of the show. 
Yeah, let's get into the meat of this. Uh, okay, so we're going to open with the Impact main event of... Wait, we shouldn't do that. I'm thinking about this logistically, and that doesn't make any sense, because we don't, we have three matches from G1. We have this, and we and then we have another match. So I don't want to have that. three matches from G1 in the middle. So we'll All right. a little bit. <laughs> we're doing this live and on the air, guys. This is, uh, we're so kicking cool. this off with the match that kicked off the G1 tournament. We're going to go with Osprey and Archer to start off. Um, so I will let you uh, start off with it. Okay, I, I will start off with this. Uh, first of all, Archer came out look like a jrpg character like mad max and i loved that i thought he looked so goofy in like a funny way that i was into it immediately like everyone was trying to like dog him for it but i thought that shit was hilarious um this match it was pretty similar to their first match that they had but they kind of just like went up another notch i mean you had things like lance archer doing spanish flies uh just lance archer at his size doing things he shouldn't do and i think to me, some of my favorite Osprey matches this year have been with Lance Archer, and I wish I got to see more of Lance Archer. The cool part about the G1, I'm about to see a ton of him with a bunch of really good people, and my biggest takeaway from this match is I'm more excited for the G1, because the A block is so good. I feel like almost everyone in it is just so solid that there's just going to be so many good matches, and I'm excited for all of those shows, and I think Lance Archer is about to have a it's crazy to call it a breakout tournament because he's been around for a while. I mean, he had back surgery like two years ago, but I really think this is his time. He's off that tag team. I think he's just going to go nuts, and I'm here for it. I cannot wait. But what did yeah, you think? I am uh, I'm extremely excited for this because uh, – so my, my thoughts when he came out was that I fucking hated his gimmick. He looked like a fucking moron, and I, I, just, wanted, I just wanted to cut his hair, uh, and I will stand by all of that. I, I, I didn't I didn't I don't like the new gimmick, but I mean it is what it is. It's just that I don't know. He just looks like a his new gimmick seems like a knockoff fucking punish from Martinez. Um, anyway, uh, putting that aside, I thought the match was awesome. I uh, the the fact that Lance Archer did a fucking Spanish fly with Osprey off the top rope was like the craziest shit I'd ever Blew seen. Blew my mind. Yeah, I mean that man is like pushing seven feet tall. So it's like you're watching someone the size of like Kane do a fucking Spanish fly. Like, you never see shit like that. And um, as, a, as I think I've talked about this before with you, but I'm, I'm a large advocate for, like, just monster booking. Like, booking people like just fucking unbeatable animals because of just sheerly based on their size. Like, I've always thought that that Brian Cage should be booked in the same way that Walter is booked because he's just bigger than everybody else. Um, and, like, having them, get, having them look like they're be able to be beaten by guys who, like aren't also gigantic makes them kind of look like a pussy and i think that that was a problem for archer for a while um like killer elite squad towers over majority of new japan and then you see them like still losing like matches to guys who are like not nearly as big as them and i thought that made them look like kind of like chumps at times but i feel like with how good osprey's been uh this entire year building up to like this like re-debut of sorts for uh, for Archer, it was, like, perfect, because it's, like, Osprey did everything he could, and at the, like, towards the end of the match, uh, Archer's just kind of shedding everything off, and it's just, like, the closing sequence of doing, like, three finishers in a row, and then ending with the, like, that big, like, claw slam, like, that shit was so sick, and it made him just look like, like, damn, we just watched this dude run through juniors, we watched this dude 
have a run in the New Japan Cup. We watched this dude like have like arguably the best matches of the entire year. He comes out here and gives all these crazy moves, and he still can't beat this big fucking Texas cowboy. So it's like I thought it was. I thought that was like perfect, and I, I think that as we go through this G1, if we can see him do like a little bit more dominant in some of the matches. Like, you could come out of the other side of this G1 with Archer looking like an f- absolute fucking star. Yeah, um, I think Archer is going to be another spoiler. I think he's going to be in this show a lot. Like, I think we're going to talk about a lot of his matches. I really think he's going to surprise some people, uh, especially, I don't know who would have not watched this match, but, like, maybe sometimes people skip a match or two or you don't like Will Ospreay, which you're an idiot. Um, but if you somehow skip this match, this is... I would say from this show, personally, to get me hyped on the rest of the G1, this is the match from the show I'd watch. Absolutely. I mean, this was, my the card. this was my favorite one on the card, and that's pretty nuts when you think about some of the other matches that are on it. But I just think this match not only was a little surprising, like I expected it to be good because their New Japan Cup match was good, but it was just such a great start to the singles G1s that I was just, I was ready to go when this match finished. Like I was, I was so hyped up and. I've watched this match a couple times since, and I mean, it, it hasn't been that many days, and I've been going through some things, and I haven't had much time, and I've still watched it multiple times. Uh, it's it's so good. For me, I think this match was head and shoulders above the, the New Japan Cup match, um, and I think that the best way for me to describe it is that like when you watched the New Japan Cup match, you would think, holy shit, Osprey can get a good match out of anybody. He even got this great match out of Lance Archer. Whereas you watch this match and you're just like, wow, these dudes are both having like the fucking match of their life. Like they both look like they were just like, I mean, it, I don't think it's, it's not Osprey's best match of the year, but it's it's got to be the best Lance Archer match I've ever seen. I think it's I think it's Lance Archer's best match. But I mean, and the thing is, a lot of people I, I've seen some talks about it where they're like, yeah, well, Lance Archer's best two matches are with Osprey, and it's like, yeah, but that's not fair because the dude doesn't get a lot of singles chances. No, but no, now he's we're gonna, gonna ever. we're gonna get to see him. I mean, against Kenta, Tanahashi, Okada. Like, I really I'm so excited for this G1. Uh, I'm I feel like on this show I'm the negative one. I'm talking about how I'm not excited for stuff, but like I'm hyped on the G1 at this point just because from this one match I was hyped. Yeah, me too. And I mean I'm excited. I think it picks up picks back up what like it picks back up with the twelfth or the thirteenth. So it's the thirteenth, which yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it'll be I mean if you can get Wi Fi on your plane you can watch some. <laughs> I mean we yeah, we'll figure something out. But yeah, so I'm excited just to be able to get back and get into watching the G one. Uh I uh I, I can't wait to see what Lance Archer has. I still when I did I, did you do a pick 'em? Did you like run through all the matches? I did do a pick 'em, yeah. I I believe that I I don't I don't have mine in front of me. I don't even know if I can access it truthfully, but I uh I do think that Archer's going to lose more than he's going to win. I had him somewhere between like the four and five. I think I have him going like four and five, I believe, or maybe three and six actually. Um I mean it made sense for him to win in Dallas, but I don't think they're going to book him as like some guy who's going to be like a contender in the end, but I want him to be there. Like I, I think it would make a ton of sense, um, especially when you have like, I mean, this isn't like supposed to be like a stab at him, but like Lance Archer is what like thirty seven. He's old, yeah. I mean, you have to have someone there who's going to eat pins. That's the thing, yeah. and especially that block is hard. It's a good block, but I mean, I thought he was going to win in Dallas. He deserved to get it. one. 
So he's 50-50 with Will Ospreay. What's the worst thing that happens? But also, he was at, like, local indie shows in Texas trying to sell tickets to this show. This man deserved a good spot on this. I I agree with all of that. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I knew he was going to win this match. But I don't know how many more matches he's going to be able to pull off. Because it's like you said, like, they need to have people who are going to lose. But I I wish that he could get heated up enough throughout this G1 that he comes out of it like such a fucking monster. Yeah. And we could see him have, like, a push at Okada because, like, when was the last time Okada had, like, a match with a fucking just, like, brawling monster? You know, like, it hasn't been... It's been a while. Yeah, I think he could be a cool title challenger for... I didn't think about that, and I'd have to... I mean, the pick has so many people. I'm sure I said Okada was going to beat him. But, I mean, if he beats... If he beats Okada or maybe even draws him, like you could set up a good title match from that just in between till Wrestle Kingdom. Exactly. I'll watch that match. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I, uh, I mean, obviously, I don't, I don't, I think you could make a case for you could make an interesting case for at least 15 of these guys to win the G1 and how it could be like a cool like story out of it. The only people who like wouldn't be interesting would be like, I mean, the, the, they're obviously like no one would want to fucking see Yano. Or Dude, Fale. Yano, Yano Fale for the belt at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. Put butts in the seats. Exactly. Yeah. So like, no one gives no one would want to see that, but like, I mean, you could you could write a compelling and that's the that's the cool thing about New Japan right now, is that like they have so much fucking talent that you could write cool shit with. Um and it's like it unfortunately means some people are gonna be pushed to the wayside, but like I mean still the, the potential coming out of this G one is just fucking insane. But, yeah, um, it's, it's a cool time to be watching New Japan. I think this is, and you have someone like Moxley who I think is going to bring in a lot of new eyes, and I think yeah. they're not going to leave. Like I think they're going to see stuff on this level and just be good. Like they're going to keep watching. That's the thing too. It's like it takes it's it, it's it takes guys like Moxley going there, getting the 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 you know like the casual the one the WWE fan who wants to be more into wrestling but doesn't know where to go sees Mox in the G1 watches his matches there and he's going to get hooked because it's just a higher quality of wrestling with much less insulting bullshit. So it's like, uh, like insulting to your brain. I mean, not like insulting, like the things that they say are offensive. Um, like, like Mox comes from a company that insults you as a fan and insults your intelligence. And then you go to new Japan where they just fucking don't do that. And it's really not hard to do. Um, but it makes it a million times better. And I think that having, having him and then you see, then seeing guys like Lance Archer there, it's like these are guys who like instantly you resonate with because like you can like I mean you can't understand a lot of like the promo work from other guys but you can understand what they're saying so it's easier to latch on but yeah I think I think that this G1 especially has a great chance of being like a a big draw and like getting a lot of like American eyes on New Japan and I hope that that uh that leads to Lance Archer getting out getting a like a push of some sort whether it be in New Japan or whether it be getting booked more on like the independent scene here like just. Something to make him more interesting. I mean, fuck, they have a, they have the deal with Ring of Honor. Throw throw Lance Archer in Ring of Honor and, and make him a fucking animal that runs through the roster. I guarantee you'll get some. You'll you'll at least sell a hundred more tickets than you are right now. That's yeah. I mean, I don't disagree with that at all. Ring of Honor needs any help they can get. Yeah. Also, Jeff Cobb is gonna eat pins left and fucking right in this tournament. <laughs> and that sucks too because he's in like a not like I mean. Uh, it's being honest, the B block is weaker than the A block. Like, he's not in a good block. He's going to eat wins to, like, Jay White and Goto and Tai Chi. It's hilarious. Okay, don't lump Jay White into the same category as Goto and Tai Chi. I have um, Jay White winning the G1. So, I mean, I'm just the saying. The whole thing? Yeah, I think he's going to win the whole thing. That's 
Well, you know, we, yeah, we should have talked about it. Maybe we'll talk about that before we do our Fight for the Fall interview because I'm interested to talk about that. We never actually texted about it. Yeah, but I'm anyway. down. We can, we can throw that at the end. Um, we're going to move on to uh, the, the, the necessary death match that we have on every single show. Um, and it is from GCW's Backyard Wrestling Show, which it's kind of, it's kind of crazy to think that that show happened a week ago today. This like, one was I want to throw out this one wasn't a death match either. It had weapons. This isn't a death match. It didn't have glass. It's on the death match show, so sorry. Sorry, sorry if I, I sorry to all of the thirty-five listeners that we have that just got offended. Sorry um, to the ghouls that are listening, the true ghouls. All yeah. Give you. Yeah, Silvio had to had to make me look like a, like a big dumb bitch on this now, but uh, it wasn't a death match. It was but just I'm a here for at a backyard wrestling show. Anyway, what I was saying is, it's crazy to think that this was a fucking week ago already because it feels like I don't know it that. It just feels like it happened a very long time ago, and it's only been a week, but still. Um, so it was what Alex Zane and Tony Deppin. Um, I thought that first of all, like I, I, I thought the whole like theme of the show where the, the wrestlers had like their indie, like had their back uh, backyard gimmicks. I really enjoyed that. I thought that was funny. Um, I will say there's some guys who I had fucking no clue who they were until after the fact. Um, so they could have probably afforded to just use their regular names, but you know it is what it is. But I thought this match was, like, a truly, like, classic good match. Like, this is one of the best, like, wrestling matches GCW's had. Um, there's obviously still the hardcore element, and, like, there's tables in it, and there's a little bit of, like, plunder with it, like, going on onto, like, the top of the, uh, the top of that trailer and shit like that. But, like, as a whole, like, the actual ring work here was fucking awesome. Uh, the spot that kind of went viral from everything was the... The double front is what is it? It's a, I guess it'd be a six thirty, wouldn't? Yeah, he did a six thirty. Yeah, he, so Alex Zane does a six thirty over the rope, like onto Tony Depp and through a table, which was like one of the most insane things I've ever seen. Uh, I also loved when Alex Zane did the shooting star press off the top of that trailer, and Tony Depp just fucking threw a stop sign. Dude, at I've him. seen it was a chair. I've seen it from like four or five different angles where people posted it. It's my favorite spot from that show. It was cr- so crazy because it's just such a stupid thing that he almost hit a cinder block falling down. <laughs> it's like it's one of the dumbest spots I've ever seen, but it worked because it made me jump out of my seat. Like the, I mean, the commentary might have been my favorite part of that show oh just in God, general. Yeah. We, like, we'll talk about that. But I want to talk. I'll talk about the match first, and then we okay. we got to get into the commentary here. Yeah, I just thought this is. I mean, Tony Deppin is. I can't even call him underrated anymore, but he is one of the best, like, just wrestlers on the indies right now that should be signed somewhere major. If he's not in AEW shortly, it's got to just be because GCW is giving him a bunch of money. That's all I can think of uh, because he should be there. He is a great character. He's an absolute piece of shit and can wrestle really well. So it's kind of goofy that he's not signed somewhere i feel like like i i would hope for aew but even impact could use i mean they could definitely use him uh so it's kind of crazy zane is someone who has blown up from this one match like shima said come to shanghai from that like gif that was going around that was wild he already got booked again for gcw i've seen him getting a couple more bookings because he was so good it was kind of one of those who is this like, why am I getting this person for the first time on a backyard show on the same show the guy from the Juggalo backyard video game shooting himself in the face of fireworks? Like, <laughs> why am I getting, like, a legitimate, like, mid-four-stars match? Like, it was – this match, like, pr- 
I might overblow how good this match is because I was just not expecting a solid worked match on this show because it was just kind of a goofy show in this. It was just so good. Like, it's, it's a match I would show anyone and they would be like, this setting's kind of weird. It's like, yeah, but like, forget about that and just watch it. Yeah. So, like, obviously, like, like we talked about this. I watched the first match and I was like, this is straight up so stupid. Like, I do, like, this is going to be such a dumb, like, funny, but like, this is going to be dumb as fuck to watch. And then. You were like, oh no, the one match is like a, like a legitimate like four and a half star match, and I was like, okay, or maybe you said like four, four and a quarter, I don't remember, but I was like, okay, I'll I'll, I'll go into it with like I'm not gonna go into it with that mindset, but like at least I know like one of these matches is gonna be fucking great, and then I watched that and I was like, this is fucking awesome. It had a bunch of near falls, it had a bunch of like high fly spots, like it was just like really energetic, uh, and really fast, and even like the spots of like so like a lot of this show. I, I, they would like be walking around for just entirely too long. Like that Shane Mercer match when they walked to the fucking. Uh, oh, that killed that match. Yeah, I mean it had Jordan Oliver in it, anyways. Yeah, Jordan Oliver sucks. But uh, like there was just so much like walking, and you're just like, dude, this just fucking sucks. But like this match didn't have that. Like even when they were walking around, it was still interesting. And a lot of that does come on the, the shoulders of Deppin being such a like natural heel and being so funny with his character that like uh he can just talk and make it and he's so captivating with like the dumbest shit that he's saying i love that deafness is built like shit like i think that is such a funny element to him that he's just like so scrawny and light like i mean you could throw him in he looks like he'd be a fucking super junior if he went to japan um but like i don't know i i i, I love watching tony deafness matches i thought he was gonna beat nick gage um he didn't obviously, but like, I just I, I think that he's on like, he already had the character down, and then this year like, cause like we if we did this podcast last year, we would talk about Tony Depp being funny in matches, but like his matches being kind of underwhelming, in my opinion. Whereas I, I love them back then too, to be honest with you. Like well, I thought, because uh, especially GCW's matches haven't always been the best, but he's really been shining in Jakara for a minute, and uh, he's been yeah, having like, no one does but me, I think, but um. <laughs> like he's been doing pretty good over there and he's had some really fun matches and his he just he really once he got that character down though it got so much better like it, it really started elevating his matches and it's not like a in-depth character he's just kind of a shithead um yeah. and it's and not like and the cool part about it too is you could say that's like an overplayed thing but he has his own kind of brand of being like the only way I could describe it is, like, your shitty younger brother. Like, that's how I feel like Tony Deppin is. Like, you know he's good at stuff, but you're just kind of pissed that he's good at it. And then you just kind of, like, I don't know, he's some, like, smart-ass attitude all the time. I feel like Tony Deppin reminds me of, like, every asshole-only child I ever was around. Like, that like, works, like, too. I can see that when, when you go, like, you get, like, a job, and it's, like, some job that sucks, but, like, you're, like, you have to work it because it's, like, paycheck to paycheck and everything for you. And then there's, like, someone who just doesn't give a fuck. They suck at it, but, like, their friend, I mean, their parents are friends with the boss, and they got them the fucking job, and they feel like they don't give a shit, but they can't get fired. Like, it just feels like one of those. Like, that's like a, obviously like more like a high school thing. That's not my current situation. I'm not like a fucking fat loser who does all that. You know, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying that's like a current thing. This is, back this, this is a 17 year old Travis scenario. I um, love that you have to start with. I'm not a fat loser. Like, just to make sure that like people understand that. I just want everyone to know that I'm uh, I'm really cool and and hip and not fat. Uh, <laughs> yes, he is. Uh, he's very cool and hip. Listening to Ghosty Manny. Ghosty Manny. Um, 
but uh yeah I, I so i guess yeah let's talk about the commentary because we finally got what we've been asking for which is janella back on commentary for a minute and nick gage on commentary had me fucking crying laughing I, like, he had to be super drunk right that's all i could yeah. think of the whole time either he had to be super drunk or he just is like this all the time because it's too natural like it's too fucking natural. It him was like, so funny. The, the my favorite story. part of the whole thing with him is uh, at one point, like, it was pretty, it was close to the start of the show. You couldn't really hear him. And I, like, texted our group chat, and I was like, well, this sucks. You can't hear him. And then, like, a minute later, he put, you, like, hear, like, muffled him, be like, what the fuck? And then he puts the thing up, and he goes, Joel, fuck everybody on this fight TV bullshit. You had Brett come <laughs> over. If anyone makes Brett come back over here, especially you fight TV people, I'm going to show up there. You ain't no MDK, bitch. And I was crying laughing. Like, it was so funny that he got so mad that people were like, hey, could you, like, actually talk into a microphone? Yeah. Oh, I loved that. I thought that shit was hilarious. And then, um, oh, also, I just saw this right now. I'm, I'm on Twitter right now, and uh, the guy with the gigantic dick from uh, – when we went to that Ring of Honor show, just got signed to Ring of Honor. So congratulations, huge dick man. Oh, Joe Hayes, yeah. He's in the yeah, top yeah. prospect tournament, yeah. His, yeah. He is a very, very large dong. Yeah, he is a massive dong. Uh, but um, anyway, yeah, like him, like Nick Age just constantly being like, yo, fuck this referee. This referee like fucked me over in my one match two months ago. Like, I don't like this guy. Like, I, I thought that shit was so fucking funny. And then just walking up to, like, random people and being like, hey, you want to shout out? <laughs> just holding the mic up. <laughs> and then someone shouted out E-Town Concrete. So whoever that guy is. That was up. amazing. When that person shouted out, just grabbed the microphone and shout out to E-Town Concrete. Was just like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, yes, I, sir. I loved that. Yeah. Um, but, like, I thought it was just so funny. He was like. He'd be like, you want to shout anyone out? And they'd be like, what are you talking about? He'd be like, shout out. You want to shout anyone out? <laughs> Dude, that whole show, like, I, it just had such a fun vibe to it. But I think it's also hilarious that GCW did a legitimate backyard show. And it's one of my favorite shows of the year. Because it was just fun. Like, a lot of companies miss that, like, wrestling is supposed to be fun to watch. And, like, yeah. that, that had it nailed down. Like, everything wasn't super serious. Everything wasn't, like, you didn't need to know everything going on. It was just kind of fun and funny. I mean, nothing was serious. Two wrestlers used the same entrance song. <laughs> <laughs> Janela coming out and not realizing the fucking fireworks was amazing. Also, Janela yelling, ah, what am I? And then everyone yells at Bad Boy. He goes, oh, no, no, new gimmick. A suicide kid. <laughs> <laughs> new gimmick. Yeah, I thought, I thought the whole show, I thought that was a super fun show. I would tell anyone to go watch it, but, like, the death and match was, like, the shining light of it. It kind of, to me... It lost me a little bit after the intermission on this show, personally. But like, I I I wish. I don't disagree, I'd... but it was still fun. Like, it the intermission was a little too long. I think was your main issue with that. But besides oh. that, like, it was still a fun show. I it's definitely one I would recommend. I mean, if it's a GCW show, you're not missing out. Like, it'll be fun regardless. But it was like a very it was a good GCW show. I really wish that we were uh, that we were that I was able to. Fl- I was trying to fly back from. Uh, Jacksonville straight to New York on Sunday to go to the Homicide Tribute show, but that would have just been so much money that I couldn't I couldn't swing it. But that that show I'm very excited about. I'm sure we'll have matches from that on here next week. Most likely, yeah. I'm gonna have to watch that because I don't know because uh, Aaron I I don't know if he's actually coming or not. He's gonna listen to this probably on the drive down if he's coming. So yeah, he's gonna call, show up to surprise he... you, or or he'll probably show up to like surprise you, and you'll already be in Jacksonville picking me up 
Hell yeah, I know. I need to text him about that because I haven't asked him. Like, he was like, I'm going to come to Tallahassee, and I haven't asked him, like, when because I have to drive so early to get you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're better off driving the night before if you can. That's what I'm going to try to do. Uh, I might put out a tweet. If you live in Jacksonville, Florida, and you hear this, uh, DM us. Uh, yeah, yeah, DM us for sure. But um, so, uh, so usually we try and talk about matches that are just good on here, but we decided – that we would talk about one match that was uh, painfully bad uh, because sometimes it's fun to make fun of how bad people are at wrestling. And for this episode's horrible person at wrestling, we're choosing bad luck Fale and evil. Um, so I got to preface this by saying that I'm a big evil fan. I really want to see where they go with him. Uh, I think that him leaving LIJ is going to be really cool. We talked about it on here, how like it needed to happen. So, um, I'm excited that it's happening, and I hope that they book him well. But they had him job out to probably the worst wrestler on their roster. Which I, I mean, like, I, I don't think that you can really put up too much of a fight about there be- being nobody on the roster with less wrestling ability right now in New Japan than Bad Luck Fale. What's crazy is I feel like his wrestling ability is fine. He just, like, doesn't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like he knows he can just get away with not having good matches, and they don't do anything about it. So, like, it just kind of is what it is. And it's a bummer because, like, he's – I've seen him have some okay matches. But he's yeah. just, like, I would rather watch – I'd rather, like, a young lion got in this tournament than him. I would like, rather – It would like, be more interesting. Give me fucking – what? Was it, who would – who – it was – uh shit. Who was the guy who fucking Shingo had the match with at Dominion? Oh, God. Is that Nakajima or – or Kojima. Kojima, yeah, sorry. I forgot which match he had his minion. Yeah, I would rather that. Um, give me Kojima. Give me Makabe. Give me Suzuki. Jesus Christ, give me fucking Suzuki. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you one name that I think is just anyone who's listening to this is gonna be floored. I'd rather Taguchi in than him. Like I think Taguchi like can have a good match once in a while. Fale yeah, never has true. good matches. Like Taguchi would at least like maybe one match be good. Um but yeah, it this was just not fun. Like this was this was a bad match. I mean, Fale came out dressed like he was bummed that he missed the half heart reunion. Like just right <laughs> off the bat, like it was the first thing I thought. I was like, damn, this dude is just like really hurting that he missed this show. It just all camoed out. Um, but outside of that, I mean, my favorite thing about Fale is just like he's wrestles so poorly that like he has a move called the bad luck fall, and it's literally just him just like falling. Like, it's, it's not like a dive. It's just, like, him falling over, and it's devastating. Yeah. Uh, it just, like, kind of goes to show, like, how bad his arsenal is. I just, like, I can't figure out. So, obviously, we know that he's, like, we, okay, first off, we, uh, again, we, again, cannot stress this enough. We are not insiders. We don't know shit about anything. I don't know anyone, yeah. Only thing that we could, I could, only reason I could justify them still keeping this guy around is that he runs the dojo in, like, what like australia or like yeah he, he runs i think it's not like a dojo technically it's like his own wrestling school and apparently he's a good trainer i believe yeah, it yeah but, but it's so but i know that that he has e- either young lions get sent to his school or like there's something there with like him helping out young lions in australia it's it's something like that i i, I mean i've listened to enough podcasts to have to understand that generally there's something like that that keeps him around but it's like then just let him fucking do that like clearly the dude doesn't want to be in the ring he so does not want – like, he can't want to wrestle at this point. Like, I can't believe he's in the G1. He lost all that weight and then just put all of it right back on. He's like <laughs> super, super out of shape. He doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't try in his matches. I mean, the only match he's had – he had – we okay, I, we talked about how we both liked that Juice and Fale match because it felt like a fucking, like, 
Southern Indies match from like the eighties, and it was. I like, thought Juice carried that whole match though. Yeah, no, like no. everything about that match was just Juice working with like the fact that Fale didn't want to do anything, and it made it good. Yeah, no, I agree. But like, you remember how bad the fucking match with Mikey Nichols was? I mean, Mikey Nichols is is also equally horrible at wrestling. Um, oh, I forgot yeah. Mikey Nichols existed. Yeah. Honestly, you want to know what I want to throw out? I'd rather Mikey Nichols in than fucking Fale. I was just going to say that because it's like you have a guy who's like at least competent enough to, to sell moves for you. And uh, he obviously he could eat he could eat pins all day long. Fucking make him go. Oh, yeah. and nine. No one's going to be upset about that. Who fucking cares? Uh, it's like dudes, dudes, a tag team wrestler waiting for his tag team partner. So it's like, who fucking cares if he loses every match? Yeah, it um, makes no difference in life. Yeah, then he gets a tag team partner, and he's good, and boom, there you go. Now we all realize he needs a partner. Who cares? Like, just just give me anything besides Folly, because Folly is like, I don't want to have a skippable skippable match on each night, and he gives us that. You know, like, like it's going to take a lot for me to want to go back and watch a Folly match. And equally, while we're talking about that, it sucks because I like Evil, and Evil had to eat a fucking pin from Folly. Like, I mean, I think the thing with that is you look at this block, this A block, it's so strong that there are people who are going to have to be eating pins. Did he have to eat it against him? No. But points-wise, like, I mean, people are going to have to lose. I think Evil is going to do very bad in this tournament. Just from, And I, I will agree. throw – I thought Evil was going to beat him in this match. Like, I'm looking at my pick. I'm, I, I thought Evil was going to win. Um, personally. I had, I, I, there was not a doubt in my mind that Evil was going over in this because Evil just quit LIJ, and you would think they were trying to build him up as, like, a threat by himself. Yeah, no, I don't, and I definitely don't disagree with you on that at all, but it's it's also the first night, like, you can lose a bunch in the beginning and then kind of heat up near the end, I, like, I think that's a good play to do, too, because okay. if you lose a bunch in the beginning and then heat up near the end, people just remember when you were winning, they don't really remember when you were losing, so, like, the start of these tournaments aren't the end of the world, it's how, like, Osprey can lose and it's not a big deal, but I definitely think, I think Evil's not gonna have a super great G1 wins-wise, I think he's gonna have some good matches, but I think wins-wise, he's probably gonna lose a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting a lot of, like, four and fives and, like, three and sixes out of, like, guys. Uh, I feel like everyone – I feel like it's, it's, it's going to be, like, a lot of people, like, right in the same general area of wins and losses. I feel like it's not going to be, like uh, – you're not going to have, like, a, like, a, like, two, like, front runners and two guys losing every match. Like, I feel like yeah. people are going to be more even in this year. But, I mean, I, I hope that's the case. But, like, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like uh, – I've said before, like, I think Evil and Sonata should both leave LIJ because, like, it's too crowded. Like, Sonata is a good heavyweight who has the chance to become a star, but, like, he's not going to be the star until Naito's gone because uh, he lives in Naito's shadow. And it's, like, Evil is even is even more in the shadow of both of them. But it's, like, you don't want Evil to come out of there and then just be, like, another guy with this, like weird yeah i definitely agree with you on that but um just to circle back around bad luck folly needs to just stop wrestling um he was really he was really cool and finn balor like rode him like a horse and that's about it yeah i yeah i i just like and like i saw someone there's this uh i don't want to like i don't want to like shout out any like uh like t-shirt makers on here but there's that company bad street that like does like they do a, a bunch of rips and they just announced like a bad luck Fale rip that they're doing. I think it, they've been doing like a, like a, they did like a run of like all like the Bullet Club guys, something like that, and like making a shirt for each one. And it's just like literally who is lining up to buy a bad luck Fale? <laughs> like, I feel like outside of America, like the Bullet, because like, like, you remember 
like Chase Owens got like a massive pop at Madison Square Garden just because the Bullet Club logo was there. And it's like you had all these like Bullet Club marks who were like coming to the shows just to see guys who were like in Bullet Same with like Tama Tonga Tonga Loa get like a massive pop here, but like nothing when they go to like Japan. Because like, Chase Owens rocks, so I don't want to hear any Chase Owens slander. I'm a I big mean, fan of Chase. Slander. But you know what I'm saying? It's like. It's like if you took Chase Owens and got rid of the Bullet Club logo, he's not nearly as big in America, but, like, that logo will get anybody a pop. Yeah, it's fair, especially, like, the ROH fans that did exist and are gone now. I'm thinking that, like, that must be the reason that Fale went over it in America was that he he comes out with the Bullet Club logo, so they want him to win for that reason. And he's also, like, the original Bullet Club guy, too. I mean, he was there in the beginning, and I think that helps a lot. Yeah, he's a BCOG. Yeah, like he's one of the ones that's legitimately been there from the beginning. And I mean, and the imagery that a lot of people are going to remember of the Bullet Club normally is like Finn coming down on his shoulders or Prince Debit, whatever. But um, that's like the that's the big imagery that most people remember from the Bullet Club. So it makes sense. Yeah, I'm getting like mad sleepy. It's only nine o'clock. Dude, I'm also really sleepy, but I've also been sleeping on an air mattress. So I've been getting very little sleep. Yeah. Well, yeah. So. Uh, I guess that, that pretty much covers that match. Hold on one second. I gotta, I gotta blow my nose. I mean, riveting, this is riveting radio, guys. Nose well, I'm you hear cut it. this out. I'm not cutting this out, brother. We're keeping this in. Well, and uh, you wonder why I sound like I was talking to Bunny for the last about three minutes because I've been picking out my nose. <laughs> so loud. Yeah, dude, you gotta get the stuff out of your nose. You'll do that by blowing like a pussy. <laughs> I have to leave it in now. I was gonna edit it out. That's fine. I don't care. I'll tell you a funny story real quick about that. One time when I was uh when I was in like seventh or eighth grade, I had to blow my nose and I walked up to like do it at the front of the classroom in school. And I believe it was in like computer class and we were in like the middle of like some like like typing drill. Like, you know, like keyboard covers, learning all the fucking home road and all that shit. And I got up to blow my nose, and it was a substitute teacher who thought that I was, like, trying to, like, prank them. Like, they were like, oh, yeah, you're just doing this to mess with me and, like, thinking you can get away with doing stuff like this while, like, your teacher's not actually here. And sent me to the office because I was blowing my nose too loud, and they thought that I was, like, doing it as a joke. And I, like, got, like, legitimately had to sit down and explain to the principal, this is just how I blow my nose. And they didn't believe me for, like, the longest time. I, I finally was able to convince them, like, no, I just fucking blow my nose like this. But, like, I was so scared because, like, in middle school, I was a good kid. I didn't want to get in trouble, and I was, like, desperate to not get in trouble. And I, and I got sent to the office over literally blowing my fucking nose like an elephant. <laughs> it's one of those situations where I always think of you just as Larry David. And, like, it's good to hear when you get in situations like that where, like, it would fit on an episode of Curb. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I'm, I, I've also been watching a lot of The League, and I realized that The League is just kind of like Curb if it was about fantasy football. Like, yeah, all you're not this- wrong with that. All the situations like that is the same. They need to make a, a, a the league, but it's just like G one pickums. Yeah, G one pickums. <laughs> and it's uh, sixteen episodes, and each one is just the day by day of the the, the G one. Like the way my favorite it. episodes will be like the ones where we haven't watched in like four days, so it's just like the rest of our normal lives. <laughs> like, <laughs> it takes me forever to catch up on the G one most of the time. It's just like you typing at work and then like. <laughs> Me making pizza and then coming home and doing dishes and going to bed. <laughs> it's like 45 minutes. It's just like, yep, this is weak. Yeah, we're like, isn't this so funny, guys? Haha, ha, let's meet up at a bar. Just kidding. None of us live remotely close to each other. 
It would just be a fucking screenshot of our group chat for 45 minutes. Be great. Yeah, this is this is a this is great. This is gonna be a, this is a great podcast. This one's also definitely gonna be like mad short since we're halfway through it and we're we're already at we're already. I mean, we're not even at an hour yet. It's definitely gonna be short. I mean, I've as you know been going through some things and uh, I haven't been watching as much wrestling as I feel like. So that's why we don't really have any like weird scattered promotions in this. So normally I try to find like something lucha or something deathmatch, but I just I have not at the time unfortunately. But I did watch all the matches we're talking about, so there's at least that. Well, also this whole episode is modeled after an NXT Takeover, which is always just five matches. So that's what we were doing. Yo, yeah, exactly. This was planned. Oh, we planned my life to blow apart. Anyways, what's the next match? The last match is gonna be the last match we talk about is gonna be 48 minutes long and not interesting in the slightest bit, (laughs) just to, to really give it that takeover feel. Definitely. Johnny um, Gargano versus Ethan Page. <laughs> um, yeah, the next match is the Ethan Page, the North tag match from Impact. <laughs> uh, no, uh, the next match is going to be uh, the main event of Impact, though, from Slammiversary, uh, which we which we teased earlier in the show. Tessa Blanchard versus Sammy Callahan. Um, this was the first ever intergender main event for, I think, any TNA event or any Impact like event or pay-per-view or something like that. They... they I don't know the exact phrasing they used, but anyway, pretty fucking groundbreaking. Um, I think that uh, after this match, first of all, Tessa Blanchard looked fucking awesome in this match. Like, I was really worried that they were going to, like, that, that like, maybe it would look like she wasn't going hard enough because you sometimes run into that with, like, they try and, like, elevate a women's mat, like, a women's wrestler, and, like, it doesn't, like, translate if, like, the male wrestler doesn't sell well enough for it. And with Sammy, that's always a possibility because you never know he's going to just be a dick about nothing. Um, but I thought he sold well. I thought he did great with, uh, like, showing that he's, like, dominant but still taking all of her, like, punches and stuff. Like, he showed he has an obvious strength advantage, but he did really good, really well at selling her, like, strike advantage, if that makes sense. No, definitely. That makes sense. Right in the beginning when she dives through the ropes and he just, like, picks her up and slant. That, like, that was the – okay. When he, he has her like by the legs and slams her like on both sides of him into the uh, into the like guardrail like he does the one side then he does the other, that was so gruesome looking to me because he looked like he did it like, I mean it looked it looked for real to me like I I told like I was watching this in bed with Colby, and like I had like I had fallen asleep during the match before, <laughs> you know so I I was really into the show actually no I'm sorry I woke up in the middle of Swan versus Impact so I was like still kind of like. Might fall back asleep, not sure. But I wanted to stay up and watch this main event. And when that happened, I like straight up shot out of bed. I was like, oh my God, Sami Zayn actually just fought. Like, I felt like I felt like like I was sitting there with James. I was like, this is real. <laughs> it's a shoot. Like they're actually they're actually it's a shoot. It's a shoot, bro. It's a shoot. It's a shoot, bro. She's hurt for real. For but, real. Like, I think she's like really hurt. I for I real need him in the head. Yeah, like, that shit looked real to me. And then uh they did all the they did the uh the couple like slams on the apron and shit. And then uh I like I thought all of the stuff looked like super hard hitting and it made Tessa look like she could fucking take all this, which I thought was really cool. Um, and then they had that they had like the the bat spots and shit. Like I I really liked the whole match, but I will say and we can we can talk about this because this was the the big takeaway for me was that Tessa lost and I didn't like that one bit. I felt like. You do all this stuff and like hype up the fact that you finally have this match, uh, like like the intergender match, be your your thing. Tessa is obviously your star. I mean, Tessa, 
at this point is probably the biggest star in that company, you know? And I felt like they could have done this same stuff with Jordan Grace and it would have made sense because of how like powerful she is. But like Tessa has like more of like a badass feel to her than Jordan Grace. So like I'm fine with it being her. But like either way, I feel like if you're gonna lift if you're gonna try and elevate them to that next level, they need to beat their male counterpart for the intergender match. So Yeah, I would- you're not wrong. Um I, I, like, kind of agree with you on this, but at the same point, I think she looks really strong still. Like, she lost, but still, I don't know. I feel like Sammy could have lost still. Like, it didn't feel like if he got, if he, like, really just, like, beat the shit out of her and it looked like nothing, I'd agree with you. But I feel like really, like, it was a good back-and-forth type of match. I mean, there were so many spots from it that I just really remember. I mean, when Callahan starts using the bat and starts screaming bleed over her and stuff like that was super yeah. cool. Um, it was just a very hard-hitting match. I think going out of that match, I had it's something I've thought before, but I just think Tessa Blanchard still is like so ridiculously underrated. I agree. She's she might be the best female wrestler going. If not, she's like in a top five to me. She just is really believable at everything that she does. She can wrestle anyone and make it good. And just, yeah, I mean, in any style, because, I mean, this was much more of a brawl than things that she's normally in, and she looked there. Like, I don't think she looked out of place at all. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too, is I feel like she's proven now with this run and impact that she can wrestle any style of match and make it look interesting. She can wrestle pretty much any opponent and have a good match. I don't know if I'd be willing to go, go as far as that she's the best women's wrestler in the world, because, like, I don't know, man. It's really tough to think that she's better than, like, Io Shirai. Um, like I, that's why I, I said top five. Yeah, so it's like, and I mean, she still has chance to be even better. Like she has yeah. time to develop into being much, much better than she already is. I agree, and I, I don't know. I, I hope that I would love to see the reason that people start watching Impact again be Tessa Blanchard. I think that'd be that, that, that would be so cool to me. It would but, make sense. I mean, she's worth watching on that show, and I like, I like that she got the main event chance. And um. I know people hate Sammy Callahan, but he kind of proved again in this match why he works. He kind of is like another type of like shithead or someone here. Like I kind of want to watch this guy get his ass beat. So it makes yeah, that match more fun. Callahan's an amazing heel. It's like every time I know I've said this probably a million times in this show because I know we've talked about a bunch of his matches, and it's like I don't like like yeah like I think he's like annoying and I think his character sucks and everything. But whenever I go to a show, whenever I see Sammy Callahan on a wrestling show that I'm like watching at home. He always ends up having, if not the best match on the card, like a top three match on the show. Like he's always one of the best things I'm going to see on this, except for when he did. Like I, <laughs> he was in that really really shitty MLW uh, War Games I went to. Oh, but, dude, you were so mad at that show. It was so funny. Well, the rest of the show was awesome. I was just so mad that like I felt like I was like I had wanted to see a War Games match so badly. Um, and then I finally get to see one, and it was just absolute dog shit. But, I mean, I blame yeah. Havoc for most of that. Um, but anyway. I don't disagree with that one bit. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, like, every time I see him on a show, like, he still has, to the to this day, one of my all-time favorite matches I've ever seen live was him and Pentagon Jr. at House of Hardcore. Like, he's had just crazy good matches, uh, but he's super hateable. Like, he's very easy to hate. And I think, I mean, obviously he knows it. He's like I, I couldn't imagine Sammy Callahan having some sort of like weird face run somewhere at this point. Um, like he he knows what he what he is. He's like a grind yeah. hateable guy. Uh, the the like olive branch of the baseball bat at the end where he like gives respect to Tessa I thought was cool, but at the same time like I want to see her beat a guy, and I want to see her beat like a top guy. 
So I thought I, I, I could see it coming still. I yeah, think it'd be crazy if they book her to win. Back. If they had book her to win the Impact title, that'd be so cool. And I think that would be a good person to put it on because people are interested in her. People like her, and she's having good matches. That's true. I would love to see. Uh, I would love to see her do that. But I, it'd be way funnier for her to beat Michael Elgin than it would be for her to beat Brian Cage. But that's besides the point. <laughs> That would that would be a, a nice fuck you to like the whole Michael Elgin saga. Like the the, the ending, oh, yeah. he gets a belt and then it gets taken off of him by a woman. That uh, would be good, actually. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, uh, but um, yeah, I would love to see her become champion at at some point. I mean, uh, who's Impact champion? You know what? We back to belts that are booked poorly. Fucking the Impact Women's Belt. Taya Valkyrie has been champion for what like seventeen years now. The fuck yeah, that? that match was good though. That match was good, but like, dude, I'm over it. Like, yeah, I want. I mean, it, it, I feel like Jordan Grace should have gotten it, but that's also. Oh, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a huge Jordan Grace fan, but like, I don't know. Like, give it to Sue Young. Give it to someone else. I, I I'm just, I'm sick yeah. of seeing. I'm sick of honestly. I'm sick of going on my Instagram. I mean, I mean, on my Twitter page, looking <laughs> at the wrestling thing, and it just being pictures of Taya Valkyrie with the belt. I swear to God, her and Johnny Impact are always in wrestling gear on top of buildings, taking pictures with each other. It's all they do. I'm sick of it. Had enough. <laughs> I want I'm new so... impact. I want a new impact champion. That's a, an impact women's champion because I'm sick of Twitter. I'm sick of yeah. I mean, I feel like Twitter is gonna be bad no matter what, bro. No, just that one. That's the that's the last part of Twitter <laughs> that bothers me. I've gotten rid of a lot of the punishers. I follow, I've I've unfollowed a lot of the hardcore kids who complain about stuff. I don't follow the people who get offended by everything. This is the last part of it that that bothers me. But you know what? What can you get? One one day I'll start. I'll be booking Impact because if they let Billy Corgan do it, I can fucking do it too. So <laughs> that's fair. Uh, <laughs> but all right, let's move on to our last match of the night. Um, we're going to talk about the the return of Kenta against Kota Ibushi. Uh, I'm going to let you take this one. Yeah, um, this match I was nervous about. Like I was scared that this was going to not be good like, the entire time, like, leading up to it. Because, I mean, realistically, we have no idea what to expect out of Kenta just because he's been, I mean, he's been having good matches in 205 Live if you believe that 205 Live is a real place and not fake. Um, If you believe that 205 Live actually is a real thing with matches, he's been having some pretty good ones there. Um, And they've been fun, but it wasn't, like, Kenta. Like, it was, like, a good match, but it wasn't how he's been. I mean, they threw Abushi right off the bat, so that helps. Um, and this match was just kind of wild. Like, they just did a bunch of wild and wacky stuff, basically. Uh, they, it was really fun. It was very hard-hitting. You got a lot of your Kenta spots that you wanted to see. He looked like he wanted to actually be wrestling, which is a first thing for him in a while. Um, my only takeaway from this match was I felt the beginning was a little sloppy. It might have just been because he hasn't wrestled in a minute, but it just felt kind of weird. It felt like almost watching a real fight, like there was a legitimate feeling out process. Once it got going, it was good, but I think a better match between these two is down, is going to happen later. Like, I don't think this is going to be their best match they have, but talking the same as something I said earlier, like this got me jacked up on the G1 because it's like, if that A block is already so strong, but if you also have a good Kenta, it's just like this block is one of the strongest blocks I think they've ever had. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, my, uh, I mean, I pretty much echo most of the stuff you're saying. Where I, I felt like there was like a, like a, like the, the feeling out process was cool because it felt like, like you were watching like a UFC fight or something. Like they were getting ready to like just actually beat the shit out of each other. 
Um, and uh, something I was kind of like, I thought was cool, but also kind of bummed me out was that it seemed like we were going to have some like, like, like the crazy kicks that we're used to from Kenta matches. And they just did not translate well at all. Dude, he had some crazy. I don't know what you're talking about. No, there's some loud ass kicks. Stop, stop interrupting for two fucking seconds, pussy. No, dude, I'm interrupting you completely. You tell me you talk too much, so I try to interrupt to make you feel better. Yeah, yeah. Well, fuck off. Uh, so what I was saying was, the I think that the audio of the kicks didn't translate well. The kicks themselves were awesome. Like he threw hard fucking kicks at Ibushi, and they looked sick. But. You know, you used to get these like uh, if you like when you watch like, older Kenta matches, you can hear like a big like like pop when he kicks, and I wanted to hear that. And I don't know if it's just because of the audio being like kind of like weird with them running in too big of an arena or what, but like uh, honestly, kudos to them. I think they just used all of their microphone power on um, the crowd because the crowd sounded super loud. The crowd did sound super loud, which I thought was good. And um, but yeah, it's like. Usually, when you watch like when you watch like Kenta matches, you hear like these super loud kicks, and then followed up by the super loud kick is everyone being like ah, like you know the crowd being like man that fucking sucked. Whereas I felt like this didn't have that because of the fact that like you couldn't hear the kicks echo like they used to. So that was all That's I was fair. saying before I was so rudely interrupted by Fuck you. Fuck you, Travis. Um, first of all, how dare yeah. you? But otherwise, I thought the match was fucking awesome. I was I, I picked Kenta to win, so I was glad that he won. But like, it like like you were saying, it's so cool seeing him like truly want to wrestle again, truly excited about wrestling again. Um, and also Ibushi is just such a he like it's it's insane the the ability that Ibushi has to like do all these wacky spots, always come out fine. Like he he has this big smile on his face. He sells like a million bucks. Like. Abushi is such a total fucking package, and I like I don't know like I feel like he's too this, handsome. Yeah, he's he's beautiful. I feel like we really like I feel like Kenny Omega left, and like obviously that's like a big hole for the the company. But like you could take Abushi and put him into Kenny Omega's matches, and he will give you the same if not better matches under most circumstances. Yeah, like, I know. I, think, I agree with that. I think. I mean, if we could say anything from on a seventy-three minutes, two out of three falls, that is also a seven-star match. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people were worried about like, oh, New Japan's is and Kenny Omega. What are they going to do? And it's like, oh, they're just going to have like their strongest G one block maybe ever, like yeah, one of their strongest G ones. Like, I don't think they're hurting too bad. Yeah, yeah, they're doing absolutely fucking fine. Like, don't you guys worry about fucking New Japan? They're they're doing they're doing just fine. Like. I mean, I'm I'm more interested in this company now than I have been probably ever. Like I, I ever, like I think they're having they're putting on the most compelling cards. Uh, they're giving us the best like tournaments. I mean, like think of how excited we were when the best of Super Junior tournament came out. Like it was we great. Fucking, we couldn't wait. Yeah, and then it yeah exactly. It ends up being great. We get we got like multiple matches that I that will that are contenders for match of the year. And then Shingo versus Osprey, I think, is a, is one of my top five all-time favorite matches I've ever watched. Yeah. Like, it's, Shingo Osprey is an all-time great match. And it's like, there was all these, like, think of how great the fucking, like, the, uh, the Sonata and Okada match was at the end of the New Japan Cup. And then, like, you had the Naito and uh, Ibushi match at MSG. It's like... Like, oh, yeah, like, okay, they lost Omega, they lost the Bucks, but really all they lost was Omega because no one else was super relevant in the company. And they've 
gotten they've they, they've replaced him like he's moved on they don't he's he's an afterthought at this point for the company and their match quality has go, as a, as a card has gone up significantly since last year absolutely yeah i don't disagree with you at all on that and now with all that being said adding fucking kenta there it's like holy shit there's not going to be skippable matches for the, at least the next 2 to 3 years there are not going to be skippable matches outside of like some of those tag matches in the beginning like not even all of them only a couple of them because like they're putting like all these guys I care about in these six man matches now because they just have so many people I fucking care about and invested in. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I like this. I'm very excited for New Japan in general. I mean, we've been talking about this G1 for a while. Um, we're going to talk about the G1 a lot on here. Like, I guarantee there will be a lot of. It's going to be a lot of what I'm watching for the next yeah, few I mean, months. I'm, I'm going to make it a so point interesting. I think we're both going to try and try and watch every match, right? Yeah, at least the like. Actual tournament matches, but yeah. I also I have so much time that like I, I'll probably end up watching the undercard too. And I might try to pull an undercard match or two because a lot of them kind of are good matches. They just kind of go under the wayside because they're uh, everyone just wants to watch the four because there's just so many shows. Yeah, I mean honestly, if if you if when we were looking to put matches on here, you if you said that you wanted to put on uh, Ishii and Umino against fucking Ren Narita and Jeff Cobb, I would not have fought you on it. I thought yeah, that was a fun match. That match was awesome, and that was an undercard. That was the opening match of the whole show. And I was reading something earlier that said Ishii looks like, and actually, shout out to Bradley. Bradley was the one who sent me this, but it said Ishii looks like a fire hydrant in trunks, and I lost my mind at that. I thought it was so <laughs> funny. Like this is a funny description of him. That is fucking. That's that's insanely accurate. But that is so fucking funny. Uh, and it's. I mean, yeah, he he does. He uh, the his lack of neck is shocking. Like, I've never seen anything like that. It, it doesn't make any sense. Jeff Cobb kind of doesn't have a neck anymore either. Jeff Cobb's like, I don't yeah, know, man. He's got a real jack. He's definitely doing some roids, and I respect it. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'm, I'm, I'm liking to see Jeff Cobb go away from that Olympic shit and getting all those fucking steroids. 100%. But it was, I thought it was hilarious that Red Narita was in that match because it's like you have these, like, I mean, Uno is just, he's like the same size as, like, Tanahashi. Yeah. Uh, so he's like... He's just like a normal heavyweight. Then you have like Ishii, who's stocky as fuck and just little. Jeff Cobb is like this monster. And then you just fucking have like this twig Ren Narita over there. It's a little goatee. He's <laughs> looking just like, like he's like, oh, do you guys mind if I join in your wrestling match? <laughs> you ain't wrong at all. And I love it. It's, I mean, Ren Narita is going to be really good, but he's definitely a junior. And you put yeah. him in with big heavyweights. Yeah, Ren Narita kind of looks like, like an anorexic Toro, like Yano Toro. Yeah, that's that's going a little far there, but I think he'll be a really fun junior. I want to. I'm ex, I'm curious of where he's going to go on excursion and see all like and how that's going to go. Anytime I try and pronounce Yano's full name and not just call him Yano, I just fuck it up. Really. I have no idea what his first name is. I I hate him. Like I don't want to watch him wrestle, so I don't think I've learned it. It's like it's it's Toru Toru Yano. Okay, I believe Wait. it. Let's look you, this up. I really feel like we don't need to look this up. Yeah, it's Toru, T-O-R-U. God, he just looks like such shit. <laughs> I mean, his math, it's not only that, like, he's a comedy guy that, like, I don't like, because I definitely tend to, like, not be a comedy wrestler person, but it's that he just does the same two things. Like, his matches are, at some point, he's going to show off a DVD. At some point, he's going to take the turnbuckle off and then never really use that. And then at another point, he's going to try to do a pin with his feet on the ropes. That's a Yano match. That's all of them. 
And it's like I've just seen so many of them in the G1 that I just don't care to see them anymore. Thank God I don't know any, like... I don't know if it's just that I'm, like, only friends with people who are, like, not... Who are, like, under the age of 30 and re- that are wrestling fans. Uh, but, like, those people who are out there, like... I mean, honestly, they're just mouth breathers that, that are just out there who are, like, oh, Yano's the best part of G1. It's, like, literally in what world is that... You're, like, like if you think Yano's the best part of... The best is just like, oh, he gives such variety. You should check out the like, no, company called WWE, where all the matches are just as fucking stupid as Yano's matches. Well, it's like everyone talks about like variety with like comedy mat, like a comedy wrestler with Yano, and it's like, or like you could get someone like a Colt Cabana who would do more, or I don't know, like there's so many people who could do more than he does in these matches. Like he's not a, he's not even like a good comedy wrestler. I yeah I, I I don't get it. I mean, send fucking Yano to DDT where he belongs. Like, let's just move on from this. Um, yeah. So um, we're definitely done with these matches for sure. Uh, yeah. Do you want to go over like who you have for the end of the G one? So this was my pick. I know that this has kind of been like the the pick that everyone's had, but I think that it makes sense that with him losing to into Okada a couple years ago. And him declaring he's going to be a dual champion. I went Naito. I think Naito's taking it all. Um, I have Ibushi winning the other block. Uh, the a, oh, that's the A block, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, because I don't think if they're going to do Naito Okada and then do Naito Okada again, I think Ibushi makes the most sense out of the A block at that point. But I don't want it to be him because we've already seen that match three times this year. Yeah. Um, but I think Abushi is like the logical winner because I feel like he'll be the next guy up after Naito wins the belt. But um, yeah, I went with Naito winning it all, and then my runner-up is Abushi. Who is your B block? My B block winner is Naito. Is Naito? Oh, that makes sense. I'm sorry. And then yeah, my, my B okay. block runner-up is Jay White. I forgot that. Insane. Okay, that makes sense. Um, yeah, so have- for mine. I had I already did give away because um, you know we lead things in we give little little parts here but I actually I have Jay White winning the whole thing. My thing is I just feel like uh, New Japan never like truly gives you what you want when you're watching and they really don't seem to want to give Naito that big moment. That's and true. I think they want to give Jay White the big moment. Uh, we've seen Jay White Okada a couple times. It's and been it's okay. okay. It's awesome. It's, it's it's been fun. I think they have a better match in them, and I think somewhere like the dome, they could put like main event dome because I mean they did have the dome, but like main event dome, I think they could have a really good match. Um, and also, I had Abushi actually being the A block winner with Okada being the runner up. I think maybe you have something happen, maybe at Dash if they're still doing Dash or a show before, and then you give Abushi as a Okada challenger because I think Okada probably beats Jay White the dome, and then you have. Abushi, they're ready to go. Like Abushi can basically pop in and then challenge right away. So I, that's that's what I had. Is at least my thoughts for it. Here's my hot take. I'm probably gonna eat these words, but I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out. So like obviously you going with Jay White winning it all is a pretty pretty out there out there take. It's not oh like definitely that. an out there take. Yeah. So here's mine. I think that this is the year that we start to see. I don't think Tanahashi is gonna go less than 500. But I think he's gonna go barely 500. I, I had him lower than I was expecting going through the matches, and I like went back to like double check. That's how I was really feeling. But I mean, he doesn't need to win anymore. Like exactly, I love, yeah. I love Tanahashi. Like let's use someone in this 
Block is going to have to lose. Like these people can't win a ton, and I think he's going to end up eating more pins than people expect. I was that. That's my point exactly. And I also think that like just seeing how he's been so hurt, and he obviously needs time off, and he's like his, the Okada match. I thought was really good, but like up until then, we were all kind of worried because his matches were like pretty whatever. Um, since he's been back, so, I mean, honestly, since Madison Square Garden, he's like looked. He hasn't had like many matches, and if he does, they aren't very great looking. So, uh, like, I think that this is going to be the the year that we start to see. Like, I think that Tanahashi, his his time as like a potential champ, I think is ne- is going to be behind us after this G one. I think he's definitely getting there. I mean, his joints are being held together by like the power of positive energy at this point, not any medical science. Yeah. Um, but That's- like, he's he's barely he's barely hanging on at this point, and it's it's a bummer to watch. And I just. I hope they just like let him kind of go move on. Like even if, like he'd be great trainer. He's a guy to like have around in those undercard tags. But like I really don't like seeing him in these major positions anymore. Like he's I just I don't know. He's just getting old and like I've enjoyed so much of his wrestling. I don't want him to stick around past him being great. Fucking shame on you for deciding that he should be a trainer and not the fucking professional stylist of all of New Japan. <laughs> I mean, he could train them in style. Jay White coming out with fucking braids on both sides and a mohawk or some shit. Do some he, crazy shit. Let's, let's, let's have off. him help out Lance Archer first. There we go. Yeah, give Lance Ar- Archer fucking cornrows. You know, do some crazy shit. Whatever. It's probably not offensive over there. But yeah. You think um, it's offensive for a white person to have dreads in Japan? It definitely isn't. Juice Robinson had them. They didn't care. But he's not white. Oh, that's right. My bad. Remember, I didn't like him because I thought that that's what he was, but then I thought yeah. like not. That's fair. Okay, I take it back. Did you lie to me? I oh, know I definitely didn't lie to you. I just forgot. All right. I'm sorry. Hold I'm on a second. I'm going to Google. Is Juice Robinson white? <laughs> I, I I hope a Google result really pops up and says that or not. I want to point um, out that I started. I searched "is Juice" and my 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 computer just filled in the rest. So I, that is awful. That's, like, that's something you should truly just be embarrassed about. You probably should be asking me to edit that out. What? No, that just means the government's listening to us. Oh, dude, government listening. Please, like, let Bluetooth sponsor us. Like, can you give us a hookup? Yeah, put in a good good word to Bluetooth for us. Thanks, FBI. But, um... It just says he's an American professional wrestler, so I don't... I, I mean... I'm pretty sure he is, but who cares? Um, anyways, let's hop to our last topic that we had before the vegan segment. Wow, Truth was trained by Truth Martini. Yeah, he was. What the fuck ever happened to that guy? Uh, he uh, got old. Did he just retire? Uh, yeah. I mean, he he wasn't really wrestling anyways. If you, um, Colt did that podcast with him, which is where I learned a lot about it. Like, he broke his back and then still tried to wrestle afterwards anyways because he's a psychopath. And, um, I think he just probably, his back just hurt. Yeah, well, I know he was, he was like the, he, he was like the, the, like the stable leader for Ring of Honor forever, but that makes sense that he just, like, avenged, it says that he, like, had, like, a kayfabe injury, and then after like, a couple months was just like, I'm out of here. Yeah, so. I mean, I'd want to leave Ring of Honor, too. Yeah, that was probably the last time I found Jay Lethal super interesting was when he was in the House of, House of Truth. For sure. By a long I mean, shot. And, and not even super interesting, just a little bit interesting. Oh, also when he came out at that one, uh, Ring of, he came out at one of their big shows as Black Machismo. Oh, no, that was it all out. That was, yeah, all in. All oh, in, yeah. whatever. All right, well, speaking of all in, 
We're gonna go. We're gonna go, do a little preview of the Fight for the Fallen show. Um, we're not gonna go like. We're gonna run through the matches, but we're not gonna go like into in-depth things for each match because yeah, we don't really need to do that. We can do that next week if they end up being good or not. Um. So I finally have found the full card. Oh, okay. So I'll let you run it down then if you have everything. Because yeah. I'm missing some on the one I found. They uh, Today, today we're recording this Thursday. They like just announced a couple more matches, but it seems like they're going to announce even more. So if you're listening to this, say on your way to this show, which would be cool, or just you're listening to this at a later date, there might have been something else announced. Um, who knows? But this is what currently is announced. Yes, and this is also courtesy of Wikipedia. I should have just went straight here in the first place. It's got it's got everything. Um, so I'm just gonna go in order that that they're listed on here, even though I know this is not gonna be the order of the card. I just don't know what the actual order is gonna be. Like I don't know what they're gonna have main event because I think we we probably all thought that, that six man match was gonna main event Fighter Fest and they, they got changed. And so rather than do that, I'm just gonna run through the matches as they appear on Wikipedia. Okay. Um, so. The first match we have announced is Brandy Rhodes and, and Allie. Uh, is she just going by? She's just going by Allie now, right? Just Allie, yeah. Okay, so Brandy Rhodes and Allie. Uh, I mean, I don't really have much to talk about other than Allie's match at Fighter Fest sucked. I yeah, this is probably looking at what I have on the card. Probably like the match I care the least about. I like Brandy and I like Allie. I just don't think it's going to be a good match. It's going to be bad. Um, I don't think it's going to be but, bad. I think I think it'll be okay. Like it, it's there. I hope it's good, but you know, we'll. Uh, wow. Okay, so the lineup for this make goes from like bad to interesting real fast. So the okay. number two number two match listed on here is the match that we probably were most excited about when this card got announced, which is Kenny Omega versus Shima. I'm excited about this match, but I have a couple reservations. All right, will, and then I'm gonna go for it. One, the Daniel Shima match was just okay at Fighter yeah. Fest. It wasn't a great match, and I was I was very bummed about it. Uh, two, they're doing like no build up for this whatsoever. There right. hasn't been a single yep. video from either of them about it, and I really think this might be an early in the show match, um, which is weird because it has Kenny Omega and Shima in it, who are legends. But maybe they just think this match alone can kind of sell itself. But at times, I thought maybe this match wasn't even going to be on the show because they announced it first and then just never talked about it for a while. Um, so I have reservations about this. I both of them are great, and I want to be wrong. Uh, I really want to be wrong. I want this to be some, like, 30-minute masterpiece. And it could be. They're both good enough. But I think it's weird that they haven't tried to build this match at all. If anything, this this might be their worst built match, uh, like, show so far. They've really only talked about, like, when I'm looking at this, it's really only been two matches that have had, like, a good amount of stuff on them. One of them being that Brandy Alley match they've really pushed. Especially on, like, uh, Road to Fight for the Fallen and Being the Elite. And then um, the one, the show match, I think, is the main event they've done a ton on, too. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I zoned out when you were talking there. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think that they could have definitely done a better uh, done a better build for this. And something I think is super weird so far with Omega, it's like, okay, he was, like, obviously, like, the main event of... He was the main event of, of uh, the first show, like, Double or Nothing. And then he was in, like, the, the quote-unquote main event of the, the sanctioned portion of Fight for the Fallen. Yes, the sanctioned uh, portion. Uh, for Fire Lights went out. Uh, I, would, I, would, I would hope this would be close to the top, if not the main event. But I agree that it doesn't seem like it's, like it's going to be because it has no build whatsoever. But I don't—okay. 
Omega was billed as like the big get for this company. They're not using him like it at all, which I don't hate. I I don't hate it. I think it's kind of cool. I think it's cool that they're able to use other people too. Like I, Hangman Page to me is a bigger deal than Kenny Omega is, and I think that's awesome. Okay, so here, here's here's the way I see it. Like it's cool for the fact that you need to build guys up so that when Omega eventually does get that push, uh, that you know he has viable talent. You don't just put the belt on the best, the biggest guy, and then everyone looks like chumps. Yeah. But at the same time, being that he like started there with the company, you should still at least be like. I don't know, the fact that he seems like he's not even, like, already involved in, like, their title picture anymore, like, I just, I just don't get it, like, because it's, like, this was, like, this is the biggest, like, like, one of the biggest wrestlers in the entire world, like, he's, like, the draw for all of this, and I don't know, I just, or at least in my eyes, maybe I'm wrong there. I don't think he's a draw for it anymore. I really don't think he is. But I think that, I like, I don't care, though. I, like, I kind of like that. I like that he is focusing more on being kind of an executive or idea guy because he's the big reason for all the Joshi talent coming over, which realistically is might be the best part of this company because it's so different. And I can't believe I'm saying that, but they sold me on it at Fighter Fest. Um, but I think that's part of it. Like, I think he might be taking more of like a role doing stuff like that. And I don't hate that. But like I definitely like I said, I have some reservations in this match just because so many matches are getting announced too. Some of these are gonna have to be a little shorter. Yeah. And I'm definitely worried this might be like a ten minute match that's like fine. Yeah, I hope that it ends up being great because I've been excited about this match since they announced it. So if this ends up being kind of like a throwaway match, I'll be pretty pretty bummed, especially off of how like forgettable the Daniels and Chima match was. Um, but we can move right into uh, Cody and Dustin Rhodes versus the Young Bucks. This is what I would imagine is going to be the headliner. It has to be the main event. They've just done so much with it. Like, every road to fight to the Fallen has had it. They've talked about it, like, in depth at every episode of Being the Elite since it's been announced. Like, this, I feel like this is the main event of the show, which also cool. I'm, like, dumb hyped for this match. If anything, the second this got announced, I was so excited for this show, and it really didn't matter what else they booked. Like, this is just a really cool match. I mean... I love Cody, I love Dustin, even as Goldust, and the Young Bucks are one of the best tag teams maybe ever. So it's hard for me to not be excited for this. I agree. Uh, I think that the, I think Goldust and, uh, was, I mean, Goldust was one of my all-time favorite wrestlers, and I've always been a, a huge fan. Uh, like, I've, I've always loved the character. I, I understand that the wrestling might not always, might not have always been there, but, like, I've always been a big Goldust fan. But I love Goldust in tag teams. That's always been to me where he's like shined. Absolutely. Um, from a wrestling standpoint, character standpoint, you know, he's fine on his own. But like, like him and Booker T, one of my all-time favorite tag teams, that like gets forgotten about. Um, him so, and Cody tagging at that end of Cody's WWE run was good. Like they were having yeah, good matches in WWE, which is like hard. Like, yeah, a lot yeah. of people struggle to do that, but they were having, like, blow-away matches on some of those cards. So, I mean, it's one of those things where you know the Young Bucks can have a blow-away match. You know Cody and Dustin can, too, and I think they all want to. It's the it's a big show. It's in the hometown of where their promotion is based out of. Um, legally, it's based out of there. Shout-out to Jacksonville Jaguars. But, like, you're right next to where you're – I think they're really going to want to show out, and I think this is going to be a huge – match which if that happens realistically when you start thinking about this like cody's been in almost every big match for them like i was gonna say that which too. is crazy 
I would not expect I would not have expected that because he's always been always oh, a three star general. He has just okay matches, but so far, I mean, his matches have all been great. Yeah, I was I've I ever like after I watched Fighter Fest, I was thinking that I was like, man, like these are two of the best Cody matches I've ever seen. Like a lot of his matches do fall by the wayside. He is he is in my opinion a, an above average wrestler, and that's it. He's not a great wrestler in my he's opinion. He's a really good story guy. He's, he's very good telling story stories guy. in the ring. And, and if you give him that, but there's a thing, I think what ended up happening with him is now he has control over that. And with him with control over it, clearly he's a guy who should have had more control this whole time. Like yeah. that's all that, when I see Cody, that's all I think now. That's what I was going to say. He's, he's obviously just got a, a true wrestling mind and that's, what's like cool to see. Um, that's why, I, that's why I like love what he's doing with this company. But yeah, like the way he's, the way he's getting guys over in this fucking company right now is awesome. My one concern with how with how good his matches have been and everything like that is like I really don't want this tag match to end on some dumb ass Sean Spears bullshit. And I don't know if it's gonna be Sean Spears. I'm more interested if there's gonna be some sort of turn in general. Like so they build for another Cody Dustin match because I could see them wanting to do that. I could see that, and I mean if they do that, then I'm fine with that. I just like cannot stress enough how badly I do not want this to turn into like some like WWE storyline booking where like interference ends the main event you know like i this, if the match ends and then sean spears comes out or something totally cool but i agree i want this to be i want a full match out of this and i understand this actually the more this card builds the less it kind of feels like a b show at first it had very b showy vibes um but the more this builds it has some matches i'm excited for that it's hard for me to say that like we were talking until a couple matches were announced recently, I wasn't even that hyped. Like, I was hyped because yep. it's an AEW show. It's in Daly's Plaza. Like, it's attached to the Jag Stadium. Like, of course I'm excited. Like, it, it's wrestling. I we, We've gone to some shows that we haven't enjoyed. So I knew you were coming down. So I'm like, this is going to be a fun show regardless of, like, what's on it. But it's really starting to stack up where I'm like, no, I'm, like, excited for this show. Um. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I just want to throw out one real quick, uh, like, fantasy booking. And you tell me if you think this would be cool or not to end the show, okay? So, obviously, we, we expect Sean Spears, like, say Sean Spears comes out after the match and ends to do, like, to double up, I mean, to, to double down on the chair shot, you know, come out. And then we get, we get MJF comes out, stops the chair shot because he's, like, Cody's best friend, takes the chair. He turns on Cody. We get Cody MJF at All Out. I'm fine with anything involving MJF, so yeah. sign me up. Like, anything with that. The only thing that happens there is you kind of screw over Sean Spears, which I don't know if they're going to do. They seem to, like, they're building to a Cody-Sean Spears match. So, I mean, maybe they could do that at yeah. All Out. Like, at All Out, have, like, Spears hit the ref or something, MJF come out to stop it because he's his best friend, and then have MJF grab the chair and hit Cody or something, and then build for it for TV or whatever their next show is going to be after that. That's but I think they seem really dead set on at least getting that Spears Cody match. Yeah, I could yeah, that that makes sense. I just uh I don't fucking have any interest in a Sean Spears match. I also think it's hilarious that uh on the on the, the voice of wrestling flagship that they just they just call him Ten Guy all the time. <laughs> they never call him Sean Spears. They only call him Ten Guy. I respect it. I mean, I think he's a guy who has a lot to prove too though, like with Cody having these good matches, could he have a good match with Sean Spears? Maybe. I don't know. That's true. It would give Sean Spears the potential to finally have like a match to hang his hat on because it's like, yeah. I mean, the, the, he finally he finally gets a push in NXT, 
And it's literally on the grounds of this guy's been in developmental since CM Punk and Shelton Benjamin. And it's like, that's like not like a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't that mean he's bad? Exactly. Yeah. Like, I, I, I also, side note, always think it's mad funny when they talk about like guys being like, they'll talk about like guys who were like, oh yeah, they trained alongside this person. And it's like, that doesn't fucking matter. Like, they were like, it's been, they were, a, it's I remember been a long watching, time. I remember watching, I think it was, it was Tournament of Death, the one that Jimmy Havoc won. They kept bringing up that Jimmy Havoc trained alongside Finn Balor, and I'm just like, yeah, but he can't wrestle like even close to as well as Finn Balor. Like, like who cares? Who gives a fuck that he, can, that he was trained like with the same guys? He's not as good. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, I agree. Um, but anyway, uh, next match we got Adam Page versus Kip Sabian. Uh, Adam Page is gonna win. Yeah, I don't have a lot of this match. I haven't seen much of Kip Sabian. I liked his match with Sammy. Um, Sammy. That was a fun match. I just don't know enough about him to know. Like, But I think this will be a fun match. Paige rarely has a bad match at this point. Uh, I, I forget how good of a wrestler Paige is. I just don't have a lot to say on it because I don't know Kip well enough. But I think I think this is going to be a fun match. I think this might be a sleeper hit on the show, honestly. I, I, think, this is, so. I think this is one I'm just not thinking about. Like, realistically, this is probably going to be a really good match, and I just, I'm not thinking about it. I hope it ends up being a great match. I, I, I hope that's what ends up happening. I mean, I, I, I can't say I have low expectations for it, because it's like, I do expect good matches out of Adam Page to build a, a championship. But, um, I mean, and, and I like the, the same Guevara-Kip Sabian match, so I'm excited for it. We'll see what happens with it. Uh, the next match is the six-man tag team uh, with the controversial... Uh, what was it? Mount Rushmore of death matches. Um, Jimmy Havoc. Darby Mount Rushmore Allen. of violence is what. Mount Rushmore of violence. Jimmy Havoc, Darby Allen, and Joey Janela versus MJF, Sammy Guevara, and Sean Spears. Um, it is fucking weird to me that they did an MJF and Sean Spears on this. I same. don't like it. I think it's stupid. I think it's really, really stupid. Like that. I that has kind of put a sour taste in my mouth. I love the trios team of Jimmy Havoc, Allen, and Janela though. Like I'm yeah. not the biggest Havoc fan. But um, I love the other two, and I think Havoc might be good with them. If anything, I think Janela can show Havoc how to actually swing a chair. Uh, so, you know, like maybe we'll get some improvements there. It doesn't matter what they do in that match. Jimmy Havoc is not getting any younger. Um, <laughs> I do not – like there's nothing interesting about him to me. I, I just want this dude to retire. I, I, I'm, 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 he was, I actually liked him in the four-way at Fighter Fest. I thought it was like a, a showing where I was like maybe I get it. Like, I, I, I got him a little bit more in that match than I have before. Um, but this match to me is probably, no joke, the match I'm, like, least excited for. It'll probably be good, but it's just kind of, I don't like the fact that MJF and Sean Spears are on the same team. I just think it's weird. Like, it just doesn't make any sense, and they normally are pretty good about things making sense. Maybe they work it into a story, but I don't know. MJF will cut some promo that'll be funny, so, like, I'll enjoy this match. But when I really look at the card, I'm just kind of – I'm very whatever about this match from the second it got announced. I would have rather you broke this away somehow like MJF and someone else versus Sean Spears and someone else. Like it's just a tag. This just really feels – MJF versus Sean Spears to a I'll do that. But this just felt like a very we need to get everyone on the card type of match. And uh, I've just never been a huge fan of those. But if they want to kind of copy that New Japan way of doing it, I'm not against it. Like it'll be fine. Yeah, it's going to be fine, but Jimmy Havoc is so embarrassing that I wish that the interests he has as a character were kayfabe because it would make me feel less secondhand embarrassment about the fact that this, like, 50-year-old man is still obsessed with AFI. 
pretty sure he's like mid thirties at best. If he's mid thirties and he's aging worse than me, and that he is, is hard I'm to... pretty sure he might be like early thirties. Let me look up his age. Let's look it up. He's Jesus. not that old. Havoc. He's born in '84. So what's that? Thirty-five. Thirty-five. Yeah. So he's thirty-five years old. Damn. Yeah. He needs a fucking. He needs a new hobby or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> I, I fuck. I can't fucking stand Jimmy Havoc. I don't like. I definitely like. I don't like him in death matches, but I feel like regular matches, he's normally okay. Jimmy Havoc. He looks like he grew up liking Viva La Bam, but then you realize he's the same age as all of the guys. So what the fuck is going on, man? You're thirty-five years old. You look like your favorite band is him. Uh. Hey, no. there's, there will be no him slander on this podcast, but right. anyways. If you're 35 years old, your favorite band is the 69 Eyes. <laughs> That's yeah. fair. Thank you. Yeah, there we go. Sorry. Sorry for all the him fans out there. Yeah, all all three of you listening plus me. But um, I mean, yeah, also sorry for any of the AFI fans out there. For some some reason, I can't figure out. Everyone loves that fucking band. So. AFI, AFI also rocks, but I understand the hatred of them, so I don't say anything. The other day, AFI got put on a Blackbird, and everybody <laughs> was just like, turn this fucking bullshit off. And I was, I've never felt more pride in my working, like, in, in my in my job than I have when everyone hated AFI together. God. And then and then the person who put on AFI said, okay, fine, I'll turn it off. And they put on Bayside. And then everyone kicked them off of the ox for the rest of the night. Wow, those are two, like, I would have been excited for that. So I'm never going to eat a Blackbird pizza in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So uh, Travis should be fired for bringing this up. I only explicitly play horny goth music. So if you ever walk in and that's... Oh, that's sick. Okay, never mind. I'm I'm back on board with Blackbird. Keep those vibes going. We got some Portishead going. You got a fucking full-on boner while you're eating your pizza. Let's get this shit going. That's what I want. (laughs) Um, anyway, I also give out lap dances at Blackbird, so make sure you give a tip for that. Um, so we're going to go into the next match, which is SoCal Uncensored with Christopher Daniel. Yeah, we know the fucking members of SoCal Uncensored. Oh, 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 okay, never mind. Now I'm re- I was reading this wrong. It's, it's SCU as the team of Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky with Christopher Daniels as the manager of sorts uh, against Lucha Bros, Pentagon, and, and Phoenix. Yeah, I'm super hyped on this. Like, when yeah. this got announced, I was really excited. I wish that it was Scorpio Sky and Daniels, because I don't like... I think that Kazarian's the weakest wrestler in the group. But I'm excited to see him in the Pentagon. I think that they could have, like, a nice, like, uh, a nice, like, brawl of sorts. And Scorpio Sky and Phoenix, I hope they just try and one-up each other with fucking moves that'll kill themselves. Yeah, this, this again, I know I, I've said it a couple times in the show. I think this is a legitimate show stealer. Like, Hangman Page, Kip Sabia might surprise me, but I think this is a match that is it's really good. Like, SoCal Uncensored is great. Oh, my God, the dogs are going at each other. I'm sorry. Uh, for all the listeners who are interested in my life, I'm in a new house with two new dogs. I'll post pictures later, but uh, you might hear them bark randomly. But yeah, um, you, got, you got to put pics on the, on the, on the page. we got to get those likes. I will. I will put up a pic of um, – we have Mac, who's like a big like golden retriever, and then there's a little Pomeranian. His name's Mufasa. I'll, I'll definitely put pictures up. But um, Jesus Christ. Um, but, yeah, so I'm excited for this match. Um, to get back to the dogs distracting me, I'm sorry. Uh, I just think Scorpio Sky is so underrated. I want Scorpio Sky versus Phoenix as a singles match. I, I really want that, so I hope this match is so good they have to book that. Yeah, I would be totally fine with that. I also, uh, I really don't want Lucha Brothers to be a tag team. 
I, I mean, I want the, the tag team division to be built up and everything, but I would much rather see Lucha Brothers as singles wrestlers. I think you'll see that. I think they're establishing them as a tag team just because they're working on that division. Yeah. So they want to, like, make sure there's names for it and then kind of pull away. Like, while you're still building your private parties and your boy and his dinosaurs, um, you have a yeah. team that's kind of established. Real quick, also, while we're on this, again, we don't talk, we don't know fucking news. So this is just off stuff we see on the internet. But did you see the Ortiz and Santana, LAX, are going to sign with AEW, possibly? I heard about that. I'm pretty excited. I love those guys. We've talked about it before. Um, they got they were, so good so fast. They, dude, they've been good forever. As EYF, EYFBO and beyond, they were amazing. Like, they were having some amazing opening matches and, like, some scramble tags they used to do back in the day. Um, you'd have to look them up. They're from, like, 2012, 2013. They're really good, and then eventually they kind of got this LAX gimmick and have really run with it. Um, but they're amazing wrestlers. I'm super excited if they got them. I mean, it is it is just a rumor. I can't wait for that match Sunday at GCW. That match is going to be... Oh, my God. Them versus the, the OGs, yeah. Yeah, I think that's going to be a very good match. Most likely that's on this show next week. I would be shocked if it's not. Um, I unfortunately, mean, do it regardless. Unfortunately, not- that match isn't just Homicide versus Colby Carino and Homicide just stabbing him in the ring. But um, um, I would fucking give anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I I hope that happens. AEW, it's it's. I was gonna say sneaky, but it's not sneaky. They just have a really good tag division, and they're gonna do the tournament with it. Now I'm very excited on their tag team wrestling. Like it, it's gonna be really fun. Isn't it so crazy to think about? Like think about when we see like the announcements for like tag league and like junior tag league. How we're both just like, well, no fucking way am I watching that bullshit. And then, like, AEW's like, we're doing a tag tournament. We're just like, fuck yes, dude, finally. <laughs> like, Because I love tag team wrestling, and it's like, this is the first promotion in a long fucking time to care about it. So I'm very excited to see what happens. Yeah, especially on the level they care about it. I mean, they're, when you, every show they've had, like, tag teams have been a big deal. And that's cool. Yeah, and it's cool, too, because it feels like, it, does, it doesn't feel like you're getting thrown in a tag team, you know? Like, it feels like you are a tag team. You're not thrown in yeah. a tag team to try and become relevant together. Exactly. I mean, they signed a lot of people who are already teams. So that helps. Yeah. I really hope that the first champs in uh, AEW are best friends. Just throwing it out there. I would love to see it. I just I love Chuck Taylor. So um, I'm not the biggest Trent fan in the world, but I really love Chuck Taylor. So I would be excited for that. But uh, what are some other? There, I don't one think day, they're they're on the show, right? One no, they're not. But one day when we have the uh, the time, I would love for you to give your hysterically stupid reason for not liking Trent so people can all understand uh, your your very petty disdain for a, an otherwise awesome character. I don't know what you think the reason for it is. You thought he, like, stole some gimmick you come, you came up with. That's not true at all. I just don't like him. That's, dude, what, what am I thinking of? You definitely told me that you, you had... Some- I have no idea what you're thinking of. That's hilarious. No, I don't like Trent because I just, like, have never... I'm bored by most of his matches. I uh, like just being honest. I, I think Chuck Taylor carries that tag team, and Trent is like he's good. Like he's not a bad wrestler. I just he's just a really awkward guy, and I guess that's like his gimmick. But it just doesn't make much sense to me. Like yeah. I think he's like a bad version of Chuck Taylor to me. You definitely told me something about like you like like some like seven degrees of separation of like you had like some like trainer that also worked with with trent you, you need to pull up the receipts on this because i genuinely don't believe have to go through all, all of the text since the beginning of us being friends. you're trying to call me out on some stuff that is just not true here i just think he's boring 
Uh, you're really trying to go deep on this. I just, he's I'm not, scoring. He's a good wrestler. His matches are good. He was, he, I thought he was awesome in Rapongi, uh, Rapongi Vice, and uh, I love him with best friends. Uh, so I like Trent. I stand Trent. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, like, I, I'm kind of bumming out on this show because I want to see best friends in AEW. Uh, yeah, they were fun. I really, I mean, that match, like we were talking about last week, they're. I guess that was their first match, right? Wasn't it? Because they were in the rum. Oh, no, no. They had a match on. I'm sorry. I forgot they had a match on. Never mind. Double or nothing. I'm an idiot. Yeah. They but got their a, match, that match was really forward. fun. Um, so the next match on here is a singles match with uh, Sonny Kiss and Peter Avalon, the librarian with Liva Bates. Yeah. I don't think we need to talk too much about this. Like, I like Sonny Kiss. I think the librarian stuff is as dumb as everyone else does. Um, Peter Avalon can actually wrestle, though. I've I'm never like, seen him wrestle before. Oh, dude, his old PWG stuff was really fun. Like, he, uh, he's he's pretty athletic, which you would be shocked about from what he looks like. Like, he had some fun matches in, T- uh, uh, sorry, in PWG back in the day. He also had a couple TNA matches, too. Um, he's a pretty fun, like, wrestler to watch. I think this match will be better than people are expecting. I just hope they don't try to do too much stupid librarian shit. But I know they're going to do a bunch of it. And it's, I will throw out this take that maybe we'll throw people off i don't care i don't care that they have matches that like aren't great if like one match is like kind of whatever who gives a shit like they're trying something with it if it's not working it doesn't really phase my day yeah that's the thing it's like there's gonna be enough of us enough for us to sink our teeth into that it doesn't matter if there's like a couple like throwaway segments because like that's just what i expect everything i watch to have like i don't yeah. like I don't, I don't expect to go and do any like Especially when this goes to TV, like you don't, you're telling me they're not gonna have a single like element of like comedy or like stupid like bullshit. Like I don't want it to be a lot of it, but if it's like a little bit of it, who fucking cares? Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's definitely one of those things where, of course, not every match is gonna be a hit, and I feel like everyone grades all of their matches like they need to be the biggest match that exists. Yeah, I I just think that uh yeah that I agree. I I just. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to see this be something like like super comedy match, but if it is, then it is, and I. I'm going to have a fucking good time either way. Um, so this was one of the matches that was announced today, which is the Dark Order uh, of Evil Uno and Stu Grayson versus Helico and Jack Evans and Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. What, you said they're going by a boy and a dinosaur, boy with his dinosaur? Yeah, boy and a dinosaur. They went by that in um, bar wrestling, and it, they've been – the Fighter Fest, they said it too. Um, which I think it's a cool t- team name. I love them. Yeah, yeah, I'm, like, very sold on them. This match, like, this was the match that got announced where I was like, okay, I'm excited on this show. There's, like, three tag team matches that all look good. We have a couple singles matches that have a chance to, like, pop some stuff off. Like, this is going to be a fun show, and I'm excited. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I've, we've talked about this before. I, I like Angelico and Jack Evans a lot. I think it's kind of shocking how, like, little, uh, awareness there is for Angelico like people just don't give a shit about him and Jack Evans obviously is amazing um I was not always the biggest Jungle Boy fan but I really like Luchasaurus so I'm excited to see them work as a tag team I haven't ever seen them work as a tag team they they do fun stuff I mean because of their size difference um and it's crazy enough even with how young Jungle Boy is like they train together for a while so they like kind of know what they're doing yeah. Um, so they have some really fun stuff they do together. And I love just the imagery of him coming out in his shoulders. They've done a bunch of stunny, uh, funny stuff on BD with it too. But um, I'm pretty high on them. 
Obviously, I think the Dark Order wins this match, but I think it'll be fun. Also, Dark Order, I know you don't know very well either. Like, I think this, to me, I think this match is going to be a match you walk away probably as in your top two of the night. I think Cause, that... Because like, you haven't seen these dudes. Yeah. No, I haven't. And uh, just like how like how we left Fighter Fest and it was like Private Party, Darby Allen came away looking like absolute fucking stars. I think the Dark Order has the potential to be that for this... Uh, for this like event, but also if the Dark Order falls flat after the shit they've been doing for the last two events, it's gonna look it's gonna look real bad. It's gonna suck. I think this show, what's gonna like if if I have to pick the people who I think are gonna like pop off the screen just from looking at the matches that we don't already know that are good. I think this is a chance for Kip Sabian to really sell himself. I agree. Uh, I think that's a big one. Sonny Kiss hasn't had like a singles. And Sonny Kiss just had a match with Chris Dickinson that you didn't watch, so we didn't talk about it, but it was really good. Like, it's the best Sonny Kiss match I've ever seen and made me a lot more sold on him. Uh, so I'm excited for that match by, like, a large stretch, too, just because I think there are two people that a lot of people are saying, like, oh, the librarian gimmick sucks, but they can actually have something fun. And the Dark Order. I think the Dark Order are really going to pop from this, too. So... Like, when you start to look at this, it's like, this is actually a fun show. It's a fun show, and they've also done a good job of, like, getting us, like, kind of, like, making the round. So, like, obviously, like, the the for Double or Nothing, I felt like it was just kind of, like, pack people onto the show. And, like, there's obviously you, you had your, your singles matches that were big still, but, like, now we're starting to see, like, where, like, where people are going. You know, like, like we haven't gotten to see, we got to see a singles match from Darby and from Janela. We haven't seen one from MJF yet or from Sam from Sean Spears, but like we're seeing that they're gonna obviously be singles wrestlers, like being yeah. a six man tag match. We can see that like SoCal Uncensored, Daniels is probably gonna be by himself, and Kazarian and Scorpio Sky are gonna be the tag team. Now we're going to see Sonny Kiss, who like we've only really seen in the the buy in like Battle Royale or whatever. <laughs> what? I was agree I was agreeing with you. Oh yeah, yeah. We uh, now we get to see him have like a singles match with uh, I I don't know the, I I didn't even know Peter Avalon was in this company until Fighter Fest. I straight up like I, yeah, you don't watch BTE or anything, so it makes sense. Yeah, no, I don't I don't I don't care about BTE. I will never watch that shit. Dan Dan was actually messaging me the other day saying like, have you watched BTE yet? And I'm like, no, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep this gimmick of not watching it up forever at this point. Um, oh shit, I just realized that like we we were talking about this whole card, but there we. We also forgot that they announced that Britt Baker is going to be there. B. Priestley, who is Darby Allen's wife. No, that's Will Ospreay's wife. Will Ospreay's wife, yes. Or Will Ospreay's girlfriend. Who girlfriend, yeah. Married. Yeah, Darby Allen is married, though, to uh, Priscilla Kelly. Priscilla who Kelly, yeah, my bad, my bad. Um, okay, so B. Priestley, who... Oh, yeah, okay, I fucked that up big time. B. Priestley is... I think she's fucking amazing at wrestling. I would say that she's she could easily be up there in that top five women's wrestlers in the world. I need to see. I haven't watched a ton of her, honestly. Um, I'm not a big, not a big Joshi guy. Her matches in the Stardom are really good. Um, so I would, I would go watch some of that. And then, I mean, you can look up matches with her and Tony Storm. Uh, I might do that tonight, actually. Yeah. Just to get ready uh, for this weekend. And then there's also Tokyo Joshi Pro, uh, which is the promotion that uh, is like the DDT women's promotion that uh, Eric was talking to us about last week. Yeah. We got. I'm gonna. It, I, I believe it's Shoko Nakajima. Yeah, that was the one I told you about. Uh, I don't know anything about her. I just saw yeah. that she tweeted saying she's going to be at the show. And I don't know. And and now, as of now, they are all just announced. It doesn't have, like, 
actual matches for them. I I would imagine that. Maybe maybe a three or four way depending. Yeah, I was gonna say it's either a three or four way, or maybe we'll see like I don't know. I would hope that we get to see like maybe Britt Baker versus Nakajima, and then like Priestley versus some like Jobber. But I don't know. Um, I know that there's like a lot of like obviously there's a lot of like wrestlers just kind of floating around. Florida. There's also just so many matches that I feel yeah. like you you need to put them all in the same one. No, what's what's uh what's Cedric Alexander's wife's name? Uh, Ariel Monroe. Yeah, give her, get, put her against B Priestley. Have her lose in like three minutes. You know, just to like establish B Priestley. Like, let's just see, let's just see it. You know. Yeah, I mean, they, they also have Sadie Gibbs who wrestles for Stardom too, and I've seen some of her because she's just super yeah, athletic. Yeah, they they if, they announced her at Double or Nothing, didn't they? Yeah, if she was, they they did. If she was on this show too, maybe that's like a last minute thing they're going to talk about. I mean, I know they've mostly sold the show out. I think there's like only a couple hundred tickets left. Um, so I think they just really didn't rush to say what was on this show and are kind of leaving some surprises, and that could be one. Yeah, I'm excited to see because because like this is to my knowledge, this is the last show before All Out, correct? That I know of. I mean, I feel like they would have announced something else because All Out is what is at the beginning of September. So I think they just start taking a month off, which seems kind of crazy. Yeah, well, that I mean, that's, said it. That's, that's good for us because that means they're going to have to do a lot of builds for All Out there because they don't really have it much announced for it. So yeah, that's fair. There. And then we talked about this right before we got on, but Chris Jericho is going to be there with a live microphone as opposed to one that is turned off. So we'll be able to hear <laughs> Imagine um, if he just came out with like a <laughs> microphone that wasn't on and is just talking and no one could hear him. What I an mean, amazing segment that would be. They just did that with Kevin Owens on SmackDown and it was actually pretty tight. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I only saw that clip. Uh, I, I still, uh, as much, much to Bradley's chagrin, I still do not watch WWE. But uh, I did see that clip from, from Kevin Owens pop up on Twitter the other day, and that was cool. But I mean, it'd be it'd be pretty fucking weird if he just did that for like. Although Jericho's got those Fozzy vocals, man, he could probably he could probably reach us in the back, you know. Dude, also, yeah, it's an amphitheater too, so like he really might be able to. I hope that that's all that he does. I hope Jericho just comes out, promotes like a new Fozzy album, says I'm leaving this company to go on tour, and that's it. Dude, I just can't wait to hear Judas live. God, I'm so excited. Remember the pop that it got when it fucking hit in the the the, the big rally. Hundred percent, I'm gonna be singing along again. Hundred yeah. percent. I I I couldn't tell you a goddamn word of that song aside from he says Judas in the chorus. Oh, dude, I could I could I, I could see every lyric you. of that song right now. It's so yeah, good. So you're pouring your heart out to that song. And dude, coming. it's an awful song. It's an amazing entrance song. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's kind of what Fozzie's thing is. Uh, also, I one time saw Fozzie. I worked for Fozzie. Uh, they thought, and Chris Jericho thought that I was a member of uh, Adelito's Way. Because so I was the man who opened for Fozzie, and then the headliner of that show was Drowning Pool. That's um, and uh, Chris Jericho walked up to me and goes, how's it going, man? And I just froze. <laughs> <laughs> I just stared at him like, oh, and he just, walked, he just rolled his eyes and walked away. <laughs> I've never heard that story. It's amazing. Yeah, well, okay, so so the way it worked was he was on a bus. He did not get off the bus the entire day. He had security walk him from the bus around the back of the venue to the stage. He played. And now, uh, if you've ever been to Alter Bar in Pittsburgh, well, okay, I'm going to guess nobody listening to this has been to the Alter Bar in Pittsburgh. Never been there, yeah. It was a 650 cap room, which is not very big. It was just a church they turned into a bar. Um the, the room maybe had 300 people there, maybe 400 tops. I can't remember if it was Drowning Pool or Buck Cherry that headlined that show, but um, <laughs> I saw both of them there. 
because I used to work at that venue, so it was yeah. like it was funny to see these bands. And uh, yeah, Jericho got escorted in and then escorted out as if it was like playing at fucking Wells Fargo or something. It's like, dude, you're playing to 300 people. Like, it's <laughs> not a big deal. Um, he performed in the uh, the light up jacket. I definitely still have the pictures on my phone of it. Uh, but yeah, he performed in the light up jacket and then he just took off afterwards. Like he didn't even like he did not interact with his band. He didn't interact with fans. Just did nothing. It was so cool. Oh, sorry, real rock star shit. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but uh, I guess we should just transition right into our vegan segment now, since we actually thought of stuff. We did. Yeah, I feel like this is gonna be a very me ranty section. So I'm excited. Well, this is inspired by, I wow, uh, I, this episode went way longer than I expected. Oh, um, yeah. So this was inspired by, I recently tried the Beyond Beef crumbles, like, not crumbles, the Beyond Beef, like, the actual, like, packaged uh, meat, and I told you guys I'd be, like, reviewing it, so I, I tweeted the review from the account about it being good, then the more I cooked with it, the more I realized it just kind of tastes like venison, uh, and I think that's fine, but, like, I realized that, like, it's definitely not worth the money for most things, in my opinion. It's not so, worth uh, the money for anything. Um, I mean, I, I think a special occasion thing or, like, some, like, super, like, if you want to make, like, some, like, special recipe that, like, you really think needs something that's, like, close, like, really close. Because it is, it is very close to meat in all ways of, like, cooking, taste, consistency, all that. Uh, and you want some, like, nice, like, high-end product for it. I think it could be reasonable for that. Just get but, a Beyond Burger and thaw it out. Uh, it doesn't taste like a Beyond Burger. But, uh... Basically, from all that, I we I gathered that we would we would talk about some of the the products that we think are like the most overrated given their price, like the most overpriced vegan items and like things that just are not worth the money, basically. Yeah. Uh, and Beyond Beef is what caused me to think about that, so I have to start off with that. Uh, but Sylvia, why don't you throw one out? Pick one before you go. I ahead. genuinely think that Beyond Beef one it like might be my number one. I haven't even eaten it, but the fact that it is ten dollars for the package is so fucking ridiculous. Like anyone buying that, it I just don't understand. Beef isn't that cool. Just get TV like TVP is so cheap. And you, you all you have to do is season it and it tastes good. Like I I don't know how anyone could spend ten dollars on that and walk away and think like they got anything of value out of it. Okay, um, it's, it's it's but that's what I'm saying. It's it's got like, it has like a tr- you you can't give TVP like a true gaminess or like the leanness. You can, that- but it's also way better for you. Yeah, well, it's not about that. It's just about fucking what's up. It's up of value. But I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying like I can I can at least see why people would buy this stuff. I can't, but that's fine. We we can agree to disagree on that one. If I have to throw one out, I think that tiny field roast celebration roast, um, the one that's like nine dollars at Publix for yeah, some reason. I say that one too. I think that's my number one because it's so silly. It like is no food whatsoever, and it also tastes really bad. Well, I, I think it's delicious. It's just like yeah, it's just so small. Like I can make maybe four or five sandwiches out of it, and that's if I like. Don't mind eating like very thin sandwiches. I was gonna say those those are thin sandwiches, but um, that was probably my number one. Um, the one that I will I'm gonna go even further on this. I'm gonna I'm gonna give a shocking take here. The expensive thing that I think is worth it is Miyoko's cheese. I've never had Miyoko's cheese and afterwards been disappointed, and it's so expensive. It is like one of those true ones that you splurge on, and it's really good. Uh. Yeah, I uh, 
I would agree with that. I don't like the Miyoko's Wax cream cheese, but everything else I've had from Miyoko's, I haven't tried that. Everything else is amazing. Even their fucking like expensive ass butter is like worth it. Dude, uh, the butter's so good. Um, the mozzarella is awesome. The smoked mozzarella is super good. I was a really yeah. big fan of that. I made like a buffalo chicken pizza with that smoked mozzarella. It was so good. Like it's I, one of one of the better things I've made. My my next one is uh, this is for this is like a Whole Foods brand. So. I worked at Whole Foods for a long time, if you guys didn't already know that, but I worked at Whole Foods for like five years. Um, and there's this company called Forager, and like they're known for making like really high-end like cashew and yo- uh, cashew yogurt, basically, and like probiotics. And they all fucking suck. They are like horrible. They're like three dollars for like a tiny little yogurt, and the, the taste is trash. They're super watery. Like it's gross. I think it's such a waste and like all the like I've never had them so it, I have no idea. It adver- okay so I eat a lot of yogurt um cuz it's like a super easy like quick snack and like I know that they're a little bit more expensive than like regular yogurts but like I don't mind cuz it's still good and it's like it's it's something like good for you too it's like you can justify it pretty easily. Um so at Whole Foods I used to always get them on my breaks just as like a quick snack to hold me over and I I could not believe how fucking unbelievably gross this forager bullshit is like like i'll spend money on kite hill for like their yogurt i'll spend money on kite hill for a lot of stuff honestly i, I think their tortellini is good and like kite hill is very underrated i feel yeah. like people don't talk about it enough like their cream cheeses are really good too i love their cream cheeses but anyway yeah besides the point i just think that forager as a brand if you've ever gone to whole foods and thought about getting those as opposed to like the silk or so delicious or almond breeze like yogurts don't or the vega ones the vega ones are pretty good too yeah the vega ones are uh, actually, I don't think I've ever had the Vega ones. They're a little expensive, um, but they're good, and their macros on them are like much better than the other ones. I would believe that everything Vega, everything I've ever had from Vega has been delicious, so I'm not surprised by that. Also, Vega's uh, endorsed by LeBron James, so there you go. Um, another one I have that I think this is going to be a con, like pretty controversial one, um, but hear me out. I don't understand Oatly's price, like at all. I don't understand why you would buy Oatly. Oatly is like almost six dollars for a carton of it when I can get soy milk for like two fifty. Yeah, I just think it's so like you'll never see me buy Oatly. Like it's just I can't like I'll get it like as a latte or something somewhere. It's good, so I'm not hating on oat milk, um, but I just think the price of it just is so ridiculous. Like I can't believe they think I'm gonna pay six dollars for a carton of milk that has like no protein in it whatsoever. Yeah, so you think that's bad? You should come to Philadelphia where they put a sugar tax on that shit um so yeah it's like uh i mean all those every like almond milk and everything like that it's like uh, a normal carton of almond milk here if you get a sweetened one is i believe like 450 dude you're trying to get me to move there how do you think i would do that if milk has a fucking sugar tax that's easy if you get stuff that's not sweetened and you add Uh, it you get i don't I always buy unsweetened so that actually makes sense yeah i know i know how you are i know you're buying unsweetened (laughs) bullshit because like do you drink unsweetened tea? Uh, I do, but I normally add like lemon or like some sort of like natural sugar to oh, it. But when you make iced tea, you you do it without sweetener. I would do it without sweetener, but I would add like some sort of sweetener to it, like a lemon or something. Lemon is not a sweetener. It's, it's it, it has natural sugars. You're a fucking lunatic. Uh, and I mean that from the the bottom of my heart. <laughs> Like you're a psychopath for not putting sugar in your sweet tea. I understand. Um, I mean, I know how to make really good sweet tea from when I moved here and I was at a restaurant. Um. Anyway, uh, 
What were, what were you? Oh, you're talking Oatly? Yeah. Uh, Oatly. I just think it's too expensive. It's good. Like, I like chocolate Oatly. It doesn't make any sense to get at home. It, it straight up doesn't. Like, yeah. Um, and again, that's why I wanted to say, like, give me the press. Because I know there's someone who's probably listening and like, Oatly's delicious. I'm not saying it's bad. Oatly's it's, really yeah. good. It's just I'm not buying it at home. Okay. And, like, Oatly chocolate milk has literally no flavor at all. So I actually it, haven't gotten the chocolate milk. Um, Like, like... Like you said, I get oat milk. If I can, if I go somewhere and get a latte, I'm getting oat milk. But otherwise, I would never, like, I would never need it for my home. And like, yeah. you can get like, if you want something, like, if you're getting something just for your coffee at home, just get like one of the silk creamers because the silk creamer is delicious. It's like got a really similar consistency. Uh, Almond Breeze makes a creamer now too, and both of those are really good. So I would go for, the, I would highly recommend both of those if you want something for your coffee. Otherwise, like. Like if you cook with like oat milk, it, it doesn't go well. Like you don't want to do yeah, that. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of it. That. And Sylvia, you're gonna love this one. I'm gonna say that there is not one single brand of prepackaged mac and cheese that's vegan that is worth the price. Oh, um, I I agree with that. I, mean, I don't care if you. The find only thing is when, when the Annie's one is on sale, it's not awful. Like it was Bogo at Publix, so it was like a it was almost like a dollar a box the other day. Yeah, that, that, that's fine. That's, but yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. Unfortunately, I do have to wrap it up. It's getting a little late. Um, but I will say on the topic of this vegan segment that we actually had one, and of course this is the week I have to wrap up. But um, if you ever want to talk about veganism at all, straight up just DM us. Uh, me and Travis love talking about it. We love talking about food. As you can hear here, like we can talk about the food aspect of it. Um, what I want to do soon, uh, just because something that came up for me today, uh, just trying to find it, is – good like cruelty-free shampoos i want to do like a segment on that coming up soon and just yeah, kind of next week I, yeah there we go we can do that one next week and especially cheaper ones because they tend to be expensive um but i want to go through stuff like that because a lot of people focus too much on veganism being just food but uh, i want to focus on the other aspects of it because it's veganism not a diet, isn't, it's a lifestyle it's well it's not just a diet the idea is to limit basically the amount you're harming animals so you need to make sure your products aren't tested on animals and things like that so um it's important even with your deodorant um, I remember one, Aaron, who's definitely still listening to this, probably on the way down to come see me, but um, we both got tattooed and we were trying to find like something to use for it that wasn't cruelty-free to Walmart, and it was an awful experience. Something that was cruelty-free. That was cruelty-free. I said that wrong. My brain's hurting, but uh, we were trying to find something that was, and it was super difficult. Um, so that's definitely some stuff I want to talk about soon, for sure, um, but again, we're always open to talk. Like I will talk about veganism at any time. In person, anywhere. It's it's a very important part of my life. I love talking about it. So never feel weird. Like even if you're not vegan, especially too. I mean, we have Eric on the show a bunch who isn't vegan. Uh, we'll talk to you about like even some products. Like I understand there are people in the world who aren't vegan. Um, you should be, but you aren't, and it's fine. Like we'll we'll figure out how you're going to become one. But um, definitely, we're we're pretty easy to talk to about it. And we're here for even like really fucking stupid questions. I will answer them. Yeah, I might sound really angry about it, but but I'm always actually here to talk about it because at the end of the day, I want you to be vegan. I just also get mad when people give me dumb reasons about why they aren't. But, you know, I can still talk to you long enough to get past that. Um, but uh, also, we were supposed to talk about re restaurants in Jacksonville, but instead of addressing that on this episode, uh, I think we'll probably just do another Twitter thread like we did for Fighter Fest. So uh, keep an eye out on the Spot Fest cast Twitter. Um, at Spot Festcast, uh, and we'll have we'll tweet out a bunch of the locations you guys should check out before the uh, before the show tomorrow. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I we will talk about some things like that. I mean, we'll definitely do a, a wrap up of a couple places because um, I you get in so early that we're definitely going to be able to hit like the number one place that everyone wants to go to when they come to Jacksonville, basically. Yeah. So uh, we should in that other one too that we'll be able to hit that I have not been to yet, but it used to be a food truck. Uh, it's called Murray Hillbilly. I've never eaten there, so maybe it sucks, but I've heard really good things. Um, we'll be able to go I'm- there too. I worked the Jacksonville Veg Fest and they had they had they had a line for the entire day. Like mo- most places didn't make money that day because everyone just wanted to go to that. Yeah, it's really popular, but um, I haven't been able to eat there because their hours are weird. But we'll be able to go because it's on a Saturday. Um, so I'm pretty I'm actually pretty excited about that. But um, yeah. So anyways, this was an episode of Spot Fest. This is our 11th episode. This has been super fun. Thank you everyone who listens, specifically people who talk to us about it. We mentioned Dan a bunch because I know Dan's listening, but. I appreciate it. This podcast grew from we thought maybe five people would listen to we're getting five times that or more on episodes, which is just fucking insane. So um, thank you guys for listening. Yeah, I want to point out that, that uh, Nick has been texting me a bunch about it too. So shout out to Nick for texting me about that. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Nick, even though he bailed twice on recording an episode with us. But uh, yeah. Well, I didn't mean to make that backhanded. I'm sorry, Nick. Uh, I I'm- did mean to make it backhanded. I love you, Nick. Yeah, I love um, you, Nick. Love you, Dan. But yeah, so uh, we will be back. And again, next week we will have some fighter, uh, fighter Fest, Fight for the Fallen stuff. Me and Travis are actually going to hang out, so we'll be probably tweeting a bunch. Um, yeah. But yeah, hope you all have a good week, and we will see you later. Yep, see ya.